from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Welcome to Guys We Fucked. (laughs) Guys We Fucked. Guys We Fucked. I'm Christina. I'm Corinne. We're sorry sorry about about last last night. night. The anti-slut-shaming podcast. (laughs) I never stop. (laughs) Hey, fuckers. Welcome to another episode of Guys We Fucked. It's the anti-slut-shaming podcast. I'm Corinne Fisher. I'm Christina Marie Hutchinson. Welcome. Hello. Follow us on social media at Philanthropy Gal. At Christina Hutch. And at Sorry About Last Night. That's how you can always keep up to date with everything we're doing, even if you don't get through this entire episode. You can do it. Um, all right, so news update this week. It's a, it's a real it's a real downer, I gotta say. Uh, but let's talk about it. Obviously, this one comes courtesy of DiFi. Uh, she's a, the trusted source of the saddest and uh, most depressing information for the past thirty two years of my life. Shout out to DiFi. So she and she texted this to me because God bless. I, when she learned how to text, she was like, "Let me just send my daughter the saddest news stories so that she continues to be sad." Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, how do I make this uh, this about me? Um, so it's basically a 19-year-old woman from Sudan has been sentenced to death for fatally stabbing the man she was forced to marry, who she says, and it's true, so it's not sad, who just raped her as his family pinned her down. Her name is Nora Hussein, and her case has exposed the serious problems surrounding forced marriage and marital rape in Sudan. I'm just reading the article, which is courtesy of the Daily Beast, uh, where the legal age of marriage is only 10 Jesus. and marital rape is is legal uh, her husband's family refused an option to pardon her wow. um, Thursday which was a, a couple weeks ago at this point and rejected financial compensation requesting that she be executed instead her own fucking family um, she's still incomplete oh, her husband's family uh, well that's still her family I mean they're married I so, uh, but she's, they don't give a shit about her but yeah, but I also read another article and she had a, at age 15 she had escaped this guy she had run um, and was living with her aunt for three years and then her dad her her dad oh, God. tricked her and brought her back to the husband that she didn't want to be with and they had never yet consummated the marriage and that's why the husband's family held her down as he fucked her so this is what's going on so if you think you're having a bad day you know you're not Nora Hussein so maybe take it down a notch um she's still in uh Nora's is still in complete shock after her sentencing uh uh Adil Muhammad Al-Imam, sorry for the mispronunciation, one of Hussein's lawyers told CNN, describing the rape, um, 
He said his brother and two cousins tried to reason with her when she refused. She was slapped and ordered into the room. One held her chest and head. The others held her legs. Over 75,000 people have signed an online petition against the ruling. Hussein's lawyers have 15 days to appeal. And so today is May 25th. And so today is like the last day that their lawyers have a chance to, to appeal. There's all kinds of follow-up articles. Um, people um, from her defense team are being uh, intimidated into not speaking out. Because a lot of activists have obviously spoken out against it. But if you guys can just like press Google and whatever the update is today, because we're recording this a little bit in advance because we're going to be out of town. uh, Just look it up and do whatever you can. Uh, This is an instance where like tweeting and being loud on social media actually could help. Um, If there's any kind of financial compensation, you can add to the legal team. But just get like letting the word out, because I think so often we're very like America centric and we're only thinking about issues here. But like real bad stuff is going on other places so hopefully if we can speak out and there's um some groups like no oppression against women initiative sudan has been doing a lot of work but there is a lot of threats internally because they don't want you know they don't they you know they like things like the american perspective are like definitely looked down upon because they think we're all whores here which you know maybe we are <laughs> but hey, uh, i'm a proud whore you know it's not it's not a good situation so Thoughts and prayers? That's not good Uh, enough. No, it's not. That's Uh, not going to work. Donate your money or your time um, will help. Um, Okay, we're going to slide into a pre-roll ad here. Uh, No good way to do it. Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company that lets you message a licensed therapist from anywhere at any time, even if you're on the Crosstown bus and there's an old lady yelling in your ear. Can't imagine fitting another appointment into your life? Me either. I'm a busy bitch. Well, Talkspace therapy is as easy as sending your therapist a fucking message from the bus or anywhere. No commutes, no leaving the office, and of course, no judgments. To match with a perfect therapist for a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, go to Talkspace.com slash GWF. Use code GWF to get $45 off your first month and show your support for the show. That's GWF and Talkspace.com slash GWF. Come see us live uh, tonight, May 25th. It's a Friday. Come see Nacho Bitches if you're in New York City. Uh, monthly show this uh, month. It's co-hosted by Rosebud Baker and myself. We have an awesome lineup. Tickets are $12 with code Nacho. And uh, you can be as young as 16. Obviously, don't drink alcohol because that's not allowed. But, you know, bring your moms or something. This is me cursing, but she can handle it. She can. And then on Sunday, May 27th, Los Angeles, Nacho Bitches uh, is going to be coming to the belly room at the comedy store. The first time we've ever done Nacho Bitches in Los Angeles. Blair Saki will be there because she moved there. Tickets for that one are also $12. Um, No code needed for that. It's going to be insane freaking lineup and if you're not in new york or la you can just listen to the two less lonely girls podcast an unironic podcast about justin bieber on spotify or itunes new york city saturday june 2nd at 7 30 p.m wendy starling and i co-host our uh june edition of Glamapus at zinc bar there will be wigs we will have variety acts and you might see our pussies salt lake city utah we got two shows on june 8th and two shows on june 9th at wise guys Come on down and party with us. You guys were fucking great last time we were in your city. 
Yeah, a lot of a lot of. That was one of my favorite shows. Former Mormons. Yeah. Uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota, June fourteenth, June fifteenth, June sixteenth. We mm. are going to be at the House of Comedy. It's Rick Bronson's, I believe, right? Rick Bronson's House of Comedy. Oh really? That is in the. Uh, Mall of America. I know you guys called us basic bitches for enjoying it last time, well, but it was fucking fierce. And basic if you, bitch it up. Can't wait to go again. Yeah, I, I, it was phenomenal. And yeah. I'm sorry if you to think it's not great, but it was great. Might go every day we're there. Yeah. I mean, the fucking venue's there, so <laughs> might as well. So head to sorryaboutlastnightcomedy.com slash tours for all other dates. A lot of you are putting, they'll be like, come to my city on Instagram. And it's like, well, we're already coming to the city. Just look on the website. And if the ticket link isn't there yet, that means it's not available. Sometimes these clubs are really slow I with just added, the ticket links yeah, up. Yeah, we're doing um, helium in Philly on August and I added those tickets there's so yeah. many people asking me about people this. are like Philly I'm like we're coming people are like Texas we're also coming there all these places we're coming and a lot of places you've listed we were just in so you gotta keep up and that's why you gotta follow us on social media what Oh, yes. And uh, a lot of you have also been asking since the breakup episode, who's editing the podcast? Who's doing the, who do I send my music to for my band? Because I want to make your breakup about me. Well, the answer, the answer is Mike Coscarelli. Michael Coscarelli. Please welcome the new editor slash music coordinator of the Guys We Fuck podcast, Mike Coscarelli, longtime friend of the show. He's appeared on the show. He's fucking phenomenal. He does uh, uh, two Less Lonely Girls too He right? also works on Two Less Lonely Girls He is an extraordinary uh, guy He's so He's come so far In the world of podcasting He works on a lot of Other amazing podcasts And we are so happy To have him So if you guys Want to start sending me Music again It's Keep the same It's the same email address GWFpodcastmusic At gmail.com But just in this time Say Dear Mike Instead And you know And also No nudes he has, He's in a relationship Oh I was going to say He's very handsome He is very handsome But you know Respect Speaking of titties. <laughs> uh, titties, guys. Uh, support for today's show comes from Third Love. Armed with the measurements of millions of women, <laughs> Third Love bras are designed to fit real women. And by that, they mean not models. You know, I love when they say real women. women. They're just, you know, like women that exist without Facetune. Uh, I... <laughs> Love the bralettes here Because as someone With small titties I know a lot of people Try to like Add padding and shit I love a bralette I love to look Mm. Like a flat chested Little boy This is an aesthetic choice That I've You know Because it's like Why am I going to fake something I'm not going to outdo A big boob person So I just embrace The small tits I love a bralette I don't have any underwire I just It's just like A little half shirt For my titties And I really enjoy it (laughs) And Third Love Really kills it With bralettes And you can wear them Under shirts They're stylish They're cute you walk around your house in them It's love it You don't have to go To any more crowded stores With people touching your titties um, It's fucking fantastic You don't have any Awkward fitting room experiences With Uh-oh. their fit finder quiz Third love helps you Identify your breast shape And finds Ooh. the styles That fit your body In less than a minute All you have to do Is answer a few simple questions I've done it With 60 sizes Ranging from double A Through G Including half cup sizing Which is very Great. Uh, Third Love guarantees a perfect fit, and Third Love values comfort and quality with straps that won't slip, ultra soft smoothing fabrics, and lightweight memory foam cups. The labels are even tagless, which is amazing because those are so itchy. Um, and plus, returns and exchanges are always free and easy. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So, right now, they are offering our listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash GWF. Now, to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first 
purchase. Again, that's thirdlove.com slash GWF for 15% off today. Yeah. Okay. There's another ad. Can you handle it? I know you can. Um, fucking tripping.com. I love tripping.com. And uh, do you love to travel, Corinne? I do. Why? What does it mean to you? It means new experiences with new people. <laughs> Me too. Love staying in vacation homes. Uh, yeah, I fucking do. And you know what? Melissa and I and Wendy Starling are going to see Beyonce in Philadelphia in August. And we are using tripping.com to get a fucking sick ass house while we're there. Um, I'm really fucking excited. Um, this place looks amazing, beautiful, and it's easy to do. Um, don't have to visit a ton of fucking sites. If you just go to tripping.com, one search lets you compare every home from the world's top vacation rental sites in one place to find the best deal on your perfect vacation rental. Vacation rentals offer more, more privacy, more space for everyone under one roof because we each have our own bedroom in this house and more choices with fully stocked kitchens, mm -mm, extra bedrooms and hot tubs. And our place has a deck. All the comforts from home and then of home and then some. Best of all, tripping.com uh, lets you join the millions of travelers who find more savings with rates up to 80% less than traditional hotel rooms. This year, save time and money when you book the vacation home of your dreams with tripping.com slash GWF. That is tripping.com, T-R-I-P-P-I-N-G dot com slash GWF. Find your perfect vacation rental for something like a Beyonce concert or whatever. Mm. And thanks to our other sponsor, Stitch Fix. Love it or hate it, there's no denying you could be shopping better. You either spend all day at the mall and end up with yet another striped t-shirt or scroll endlessly online just to leave everything in your cart. I do both those things. Now you can shop the productive way and end up with stuff you actually love with Stitch Fix. Whether you're looking to express your personal style, dress for the job you want, or just try something new, Stitch Fix can style you on your time. Yep. You don't even have to leave the house. You just fill out your style profile online and Stitch Fix will send clothes, shoes, and accessories picked just for you, your size, your lifestyle, your budget, and of course, what you like. Um, it is really cool because you can actually like even do something like attach a Pinterest board. If you have a Pinterest board of like the oh, looks you that you like, yeah, you can uh, put the URL oh, for that in. Um, if you're like, you usually get like mid level uh, price range things. You can be like, you know what? I want to treat myself and get a few higher priced items, or you can stay in a lower budget anything you want to do um, and it's in a box and I always look forward to it coming like I get a little email that'll like it was sent and I get excited uh, each stitch fix box contains five items you can try on at home so you can see what works with your wardrobe you only pay for the items you keep which is super great and sending back everything is easy stitch fix covers shipping both ways for returns and exchanges too they give you a US Postal Service bag you just throw everything you don't want back in seal it up drop it in the mailbox could not be easier there's no subscription required you can get your fix monthly quarterly or whenever you feel like it get started now at stitchfix.com slash gwf and you'll also get 25 percent off when you keep all five items in your box again that's stitchfix.com slash gwf to try stitch fix today 
Today's uh, episode uh, support comes from the Netflix original film Ibiza. Yeah. It's starring, starring Gillian Jacobs, Love Vanessa it. Bayer, and Phoebe Robinson. So everything is better when you do it with your besties. Fuck and yeah. a trip to Ibiza is no exception. I've always wanted to go personally. I'm like, this is too fancy it looks for so me. looks beautiful in the film. Right? When Harper's two best friends tag along on her work trip to Spain, they find themselves on a wild adventure searching the electronic dance scene in Ibiza for a Hot DJ uh. played by Richard Madden. And he hot. He is hot, confirmed. Mm. And despite some major like mishaps, it. the women end up having the trip of a lifetime. This super funny female driven comedy is the girls' trip, you guys remember that, of the summer. It touches upon themes that all women can relate to, or, oh. you know, most of us. Uh, like, how to, I don't want to put every a, single one. I don't want to put a blanket on you. Uh, like, how to balance a growing career with personal life, travel, falling yep. in love, and relationships with best friends. Plus, in in addition to some amazing scenery, the film offers a look at a few of the insane clubs in Ibiza and features a fun soundtrack by top EDM artists. So this Memorial Day weekend, get ready to experience three best friends tripping in Ibiza. Don't miss it. Available May 25th only on Netflix. Um, and so this film, uh, we ha- talked to the people uh, running this ad. We just want to be very transparent about everything. Yeah. And uh, they were like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if you told a story about a girl's trip that you went on uh, to kind of get people thinking about girl's trips that you guys have been on? Yeah. Uh, and we, Christina we and I. <laughs> we, don't, we don't go to Ibiza. Not yeah. yet. Not yet, though. But like we do go on the road and we trip and oops. <laughs> yeah. I've almost gotten Corinne killed uh, three times. Yeah, I was like three times. There usually is an incident on any one of our like, and it is fun because people are like, "Oh, isn't it?" Like, I think people think we're like drunk, drinking and partying all the time on the road. Like, most times we're actually working. We're working hard. I, we're not as interesting as you think we are. Uh, but we always do something fun in whatever city we go to. And yeah. Christina does always get us in a predicament. Yeah. I so the one time <laughs> I think we we told a story like very lightly. I think on I think on a podcast episode before years ago. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. This is. Was this our first trip to LA? Because we were staying in a hotel. I think we were staying in the same room. Oh, were we? Yeah, that in was LA. A, that was one of the early. I, I don't know if we ever stayed in the same room in LA. We didn't. We did in Illinois. Because I was like, oh, because I, I was texting with Horatio. I'm like, oh, I, we should go over his house and hang out and right. smoke his weed. And we were just really trying to hang out with anyone who was even kind of famous. Yeah, and yeah, and I and I, you know, he's a friend and he's great. And and I know he had a cute dog and he had. I liked Ray, high raisin. He had pot and um, <laughs> I like all those things. Right. And I, we so we went and we he lives. I'm not, I guess I won't say the neighborhood, but uh, no, in it's vi- fine. And Echo, Echo, Park. Echo Park's a big neighborhood, yeah. right? You're not going to find them. Yeah. <laughs> and we drove. I think that was when that car rental place gave us that sick-ass car rental, like oh. the fucking BMW or some shit. Right. And then we were on a very scary... It was a scary street for some reason. Or there was like one car that I was like, uh-oh, someone going to pop out of that car. Well, Echo, I think anyone there. who lives in like the LA, in LA or the LA area knows that Echo Park is like... It's like the hipster... It's a little it's current co- neighborhood. It's considered up and coming for yeah. sure. <laughs> and but part of up and coming is like sometimes it was like a car that was on fire earlier. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> so we go and I never like whenever Kren and I are going somewhere and I'm driving, we I have to drink. I'm always like, I'll drink one drink early on in the night and then that's it. And then with weed, I never I don't 
I can't really drive high or I don't I don't know if I've even really tried. But oh, I was like, we didn't really have, have a to rule. Do that. We didn't really have a rule about weed just because it had never you come wouldn't up. think you needed it because um, like you shouldn't drive stoned. But yeah, <laughs> so we were hanging out and we were having such a fun time. And um, I wanted to stay longer because I thought it was cute. And um, <laughs> and uh, and then we were smoking. And then I remember going, I'm just going to smoke a little. I did it with what I do with the drinking. I'm just going to smoke a little bit. And yeah. then like at the very beginning and then it'll be fine. I'll smoke cigarettes for the rest of the night. It'll be fine. Right. And we were over his house for like, what, a couple hours? Yeah. Three hours? Yeah. And it was fun. And we were having great conversation. And, but his- Dan Byrne came. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and that actor guy. Yeah, the whole thing. Um, Adam. Adam, Adam Bush. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. He's fu- Sorry I called you that actor guy, Adam <laughs> Bush. He's from Buffy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it was really fun. And then I was like, okay, we're fine. I'm fine to go home. I'm fine to drive. And then the GPS is a very hilly neighborhood. It's like Hollywood Hills, but in Echo Park. With no lights. Yeah, and <laughs> a previously burnt car. Yeah. And, and I was... I was a little stoned and um, the GPS. I don't think we realized how stoned you were until we got to the hill though. Okay. And the, okay. there was a lot so of hills. We, we, we go, we leave Horatio's house and then we, I go to make a left. The GPS is like, I make a left on and someone fucking tweeted me about this specific hill. They tweeted me a LA, like a Gothamist, LAist. People know what's up. And it is like apparently one of the steepest hills in fucking Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. So I felt way less crazy. Well, you So said- yes, I was stoned. It's like when that little girl kept staring at me when I was crying and on a weed cookie. That was on you. It was, yeah, but it was still <laughs> a little weird. But then, and then, I, so the, the GPS tells me to make a left down this fucking steepest hill in the goddamn world. And then I was like, Corinne, I can't go down that hill. I can't, I can't even see the fucking front of the car. I think I tried to go down it. I'm like, I can't do it. I'm going to fall. The car's gonna, just going to fall out. I, I don't even know. Like, I can't even see the road. The, the hill's so steep. And then Corinne's like, okay, so just don't go down it. And I, I like, always have a solution, guys. So chill. So chill. Well, I mean, I would never force someone. I don't ever want to make someone feel, un- do something that they're uncomfortable doing, especially like behind the wheel of a vehicle. But I was like, <laughs> true. it's not the only road. There's other options to the right, and to the left, behind. And then I was behind. like, good point, good point. <laughs> And then, so I kept going straight, and the GPS was like, yeah, turn down whatever the fuck. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll turn it down, whatever the fuck. And then whatever the fuck happens to be a very steep, curved driveway. And I was like, wait, Corinne, this is a one-lane road. Oh, this is a driveway. Yeah, GPS led us into some bitch's driveway. Like a, a, a barely, like almost a 90-degree angle, steep, curved driveway. I've never seen anything like it. Me either. It oh. was the worst of circumstances it was not for good. a high drive. And well, I was semi-high. not high, and it was not good still. And then I was like, I try to back up, mm-hmm. and then the back right tire I start felt started going off of the hill. And I was like... That ain't good. Well, yeah. And then I looked out the window and I was like, I don't want to freak you out, but uh, we're about to fall off this cliff. Yep. And then uh, there's a bunch of trash cans lined up to the house that we were in the driveway of. Really and on the edge. I mean, they who could the been fuck puts their trash very, cans there? Really on the edge. It's asking for yeah. somebody to do this. Yeah. And so I was backing up and the rear view mirror on Corinne's side of the car, she doesn't even give me a warning, but as I'm hitting... The recycling bin, the tall recycling bin. Corinne goes, oh, you're going to hit that. Yeah. Well, I didn't know it was coming. And you're like, hi, I can't make you panic. No, I, it was great. I told you the wheel was off. And this giant five foot tall recycling bin full of glass jars at three in the morning on a Tuesday starts tumbling down a rocky cliff. And it just keeps falling and falling and, it, and falling. It does seem like the person who in that house only ate out of glass or metal jars. And after seeing them, that's probably accurate. So on like an, an all olive and tuna diet. No, I think she um, made her own baby food and ate it. <laughs> 
That's why I think she in did. Mason she was very jars, thin. She was very thin. In mason jars, it was weird. Uh, and and so the trash can and it was late. A, yeah, it was like a Tuesday. The trash can made the loudest noise. I Corinne couldn't get out of the car because she was gonna fall off the cliff if yeah. she got out of the car. So I got out of the car and I put the parking brake on and I was like, oh no! And then this chick comes out of this house. Is obviously a model. And she's like, and I'm in this like sunflower dress and she's so pissed. She's like, so you're just going to knock someone's recycling over a hill and then just leave? Really cool. That's awesome. Great. Thanks. And I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> and when I'm stoned and like, or like at this point I was partially stoned, but even still, if something weird happens, I'm like, wait, this is fucked up, right? Yeah. You guys. And I have no control over my emotions. And I felt so terrible. And then I think she said something like, you're going to pick that up. And I was like, yes, I am. I'm sorry. Yeah. In a floor length sun, sunflower dress. You did it. At Goodwill. <laughs> um, very proud of that find. And then I start, I, I have to go down this staircase that goes down the mountain. And then I'm scooping the glass up and putting it in the trash can. And then the girl comes out again after mm-hmm. yelling at us and was like, I'm really sorry that I yelled at you guys. I was just like, really, you know, a lot of people do this to my driveway. She had some mashed peas and came back out with, <laughs> she took a, a, Xanax. with a better attitude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. She ate a chip. And she's like, my blood sugar is back. And I just wanted to apologize. And I was like, it's okay. As my hands are bleeding, picking up glass. And then I don't know if she came out a second, third no, time. No, then her boyfriend comes out. Hot man. And then her it's boyfriend like, comes out. You guys want help? Yeah, and he was, he couldn't have been nicer. Cause like he, you could tell like from his attitude that, like this happens a lot yeah and like he knows that his girlfriend overreacted but and he's and he was like yeah he's like i have a lot of trouble getting out of uh, this driveway too like i understand but the thing was like he had to come in the car with me because i couldn't get out so i'm now in the car with a stranger a a hot stranger an angry stranger's boyfriend yeah she was pissed being hot in my opinion didn't help it made me more uncomfortable because he was so hot and i was like and i was like it's hot i'm not making a good impression uh (laughs) Uh, And then it even took him like five minutes to back it out. So I'm just like making small talk with this stranger who's backing our rental car out of their driveway. Our rental BMW. After we just like ruined their night. I know. And then but before the trash, well, right after the trash can fell, I'm like, Corinne, we're going to have to call the cops. I got to call AAA, but I'm high. You got to switch places, but you're not on the the rental agreement. Oh my God. And I was fucking freaking out. And they took, yeah, it took the guy a long ass time. But boy, oh boy. Well, the girl also came out and at one point started taking like iPhone photos of the license plate. Oh, that's right. And I go, I'm ah. like, you bitch. I said, Come on. who cares? It's a rental. Yeah. She, yeah. Because I remember she was like, this is some white girl, well, fucking obnoxious white girl shit. I'm photographing your license plate. I'm like, cool. And then she called 911 and said, can I speak to the manager? And then they said, that's not how you do that. <laughs> you mean the president? This I isn't how you, you this is not how you to. make that call. So anyway, we know that you guys, you're the, list- the listeners of this podcast have some fucked up stories so email us if you have a weird like crazy fucking nuts story of a time that you went on a girls trip-esque adventure and something fucking nuts happened and you can be girls or i guess you can be gay guys will allow it no straight men <laughs> and um yeah and like and, like maybe it can be sexually related but i would like to hear like things that are a little bit more interesting a like unique story yeah just like a weird a weird happening a little snafu and something embarrassing cursed. yeah like yeah. in like a pe- like one or two paragraphs one max. or two paragraphs really get but to the point email us and we want to read the most 
mo- the craziest one next week on the podcast. Subject line Ibiza. Yeah. So we can see it and we know that it's timely. Because um, we just thought this was a more fun, uh, interactive way to do an ad for a movie. Yeah, because we were like, we have some fucked up stories. I want to hear our listeners' fucked up stories. <laughs> and we know you love telling them. So it's sorry about last night's show at gmail.com. Subject line Ibiza. And we will read the best ones that we find here next week. Hell yeah. Thank you. Cool. Let's read some emails. All right. The subject line of this email. My students assaulted me and I refused to press charges. Kurt and Christina, longtime listener, first time emailer. I just saw you last week in Columbus and I fangirled so hard. Thanks for the fantastic show. You were hilarious as always. And I don't think I could relate to you more than I already have. That show plus your podcast released last week have finally pushed me over the edge of fear to tell a personal story. That episode was my favorite ever. You were both raw and brave, and I'm really appreciative you were willing to share your lives with us, your listeners. We in no way deserve your stories, but... Oh, that's nice. A lot of apologizing because we were mad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we were mad. But from one person in your audience, we truly appreciate the insight into your lives. Your strength and confidence is inspiring. Oh, that's great. Thank you. Now to a story that I have been rehashing recently. I lived in Chicago for six years where I taught in urban schools. For some context, I'm a very basic white girl from Ohio, and my entire time all, there, all the students were black. I truly enjoyed working there and miss my students. I loved it. My first year out of college, I worked for AmeriCorps program to get better understanding of urban education and serve an underserved community. I was full of privilege and naive, naivete, even if I thought otherwise. We were tutors in the classroom and pulled students out of class to work on schoolwork and social slash emotional skills. One day, the students had been reading a book about uh, a foot race, and the teacher decided to have us mimic that outside and get some fresh air. The other tutor, who's a male, in the room marked the finish line. Students ran in heat, ran in heats, uh, tapped the line on the ground, and ran back to the teacher. Halfway through, we switched places, and I stood behind the finish line. Most students were doing other things and not paying attention. Two boys ran up and did not touch the line, but instead they mimicked running into me and both grabbed my breasts. They ran back. After a moment, I fully realized what had just happened. I walked up to the teacher and told her what happened. She sent me inside to talk to the dean of discipline. I was relatively calm but shaken. I couldn't find other appropriate adults Uh, But when I was finally found someone uh, related to my program, I started to get really upset. I was horrified at how my relationship would change with my class of students. I already felt like I had to justify to adults that I was an educator and one that could relate to these students despite our differences. I truly didn't start to cry until one adult suggested I press charges. There were police stationed in the school and they were about to go and get them. I was horrified that something that seemed inappropriate and intrusive could be the reason why my young male and black students would encounter the law as they may have they may have already have. I had read The New Jim Crow in college and was all too aware of the unequal treatment of men of color in our justice system. Outside of that, I knew the optics for uh, much of America. I was a young white woman and black men had assaulted me. The history of that dynamic, although so often incorrect, is believed by so many fearful, ignorant Americans. Yeah, you're right. I truly didn't know how I wanted to handle the situation, but I knew being the reason why they had records was not none of mine. Uh, the increased difficulty in their lives that had uh, uh, with that label to me did not fit their crime. To me, this was uh, my choice, and I stand by it being the right one. The boys admitted they had dared each other and were suspended. When they returned to class, we did not speak of it. I was set on mending our relationships. 
Every once in a while, I'll wonder about it and wonder if I taught the boys anything. Would they continue to harass women? There are so many reasons why women who experience assault at all levels choose not to pursue actions after it. You two have mentioned on your podcast before that that needs to be respected, and I appreciate that. I wanted to add to that conversation and give a different perspective. Within the Me Too movement, I have seen such pressure from women to other women to advocate and speak out about their experience and even press charges. I'm not sure that uh, that is a one-size-fits-all approach. Can you guys speak more on your thoughts on survivors' choices and what may affect their decision? I'd love to hear what you think about my situation as women that hear so many similar stories and read them in your inboxes. Thanks for all you do. This email is too long. Feel free to cut off. Okay. Um, I mean, I would probably not press charges either if I were her in a situation at all because this, I wouldn't either. This fucking country is. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if you fucking live here and you are ignorant to it, I mean, wake the fuck up. But uh, I mean, the, the the racism in the education, the way the way people, the public education is not equal in neighborhoods that are poor and uh, the public education is shit. And it's like those, those are the kids that fucking need it the most. And so um, I would not press charges at all. Um, actually, it reminded me, there was this guy who uh, shanked, shanked is a prison term, isn't it? It means stabbing or something. I mean, you can shank. I used to call it shanked meaning sh- pull down your pants. Oh, you can shank someone not in prison, but like it's most commonly used in, oh. in prison. But it doesn't mean pulling down pants. No, shanking someone is okay, like a, well, it's a violence. It's okay, like well, a, I had a totally different definition for that when I was younger. Too. Yeah, I was like, what are you talking about? A like wedgie? pantsing someone, I guess. Oh, yeah, it's pantsing. I was like, that's not shanking. Shanking is like a vi- violent. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It just I don't know why it reminded me of the situation, but it, it wasn't the same at all. But I just recalled one time I was in middle school in play practice and this guy um, pantsed me when I had a big old pad on and mm-hmm. I was oh, in front yeah. of my crush, Paul, Lounge Slugger, shout out. Um, I've told this story in the podcast before, but I remember feeling like, I mean, I wasn't a teacher. I was a fucking kid. So, but I remember going, oh my God, that was terrible. And I cried a little bit because I was so embarrassed. But then I was like, eh, he's got to figure it out. And then he had to write my parents an apology letter. The teacher made him. Oh, he should write you an apology letter. Mm, Yeah, you're right. That's weird. I Um, still have it though. And I look at it. I'm like, oh, hope he's okay. Yeah. I mean, I also wouldn't press charges, but it has nothing to do. I understand her feeling with um, being being a person of color. But if they were white, I wouldn't also have done it because it's like, that's not, I don't think it's uh, a pressing charge. It's like, this is something you have the opportunity to educate these young men on what to do and what not to do. I think they should have been sent to a school counselor though. Yeah. I think like you, they should have been sat down with a school counselor to talk about it. Like, I don't like the part where they didn't talk about it because I think that's yeah that's weird that's where you can get through is talking to someone because I guess suspension is just like a that's just like a punishment but it's not actually fixing the problem it's just like removing you from it it's removing you from the problem yeah but I do get what she meant because I had a similar it wasn't a sexual harassment but I um was robbed by a person of color my dog my dog walker uh and uh I mean part of the reason was like she was young and a person of color and that's why I didn't press charges like, like I called I called wag and, and I was like yo don't have this person like go to other people's houses anymore because like more so like the ne- next person is probably not going to be like nice about it like yeah. it was a couple hundred dollars um and uh I felt right but it was like also just like she's young like this is not you don't need to be like getting in, involved with the law like I can't imagine you I, not knowing that this was a wrong thing yeah. to do obviously get I, fired I, from your job but that's a lesson right I, I thought I thought the job and I hope they fired her because like wag actually handled it really poor, poorly fuck you wag I don't use you anymore fuck oh. you um but uh yeah and so it, I mean I would have done that though <sighs> whatever color she was 
Mm, if it was a, a a young a young if person, it was an adult, it, I wouldn't. Youth. It had it, it did it had youth, but I race did did play because uh, yeah yeah because it's because I was just like uh, like someone a person of color stealing is not going to be handled the way a white person stealing yeah. is. It's just not going mm-hmm. to. So I was like, no, I get I I understand, and I feel really conflicted about that a lot. I feel conflicted. Uh, I definitely treat catcalling in Harlem different than I treated in any other part of the neighborhood. Mm. Yeah. Uh, because you I, you do feel this like uh, guilt and you're like and then you try to stack like whose struggle is harder and you're like well I'm gonna say people of color are having more of a struggle than women and then yeah. I like start rating it in my heads but I'm like also I don't really feel like I should have to put up with that so but I try to have like open conversations with people like my trainer is black and we have a, a lot of uh, conversations about that and kind of just interesting from like different perspectives different lives like yeah it's just like a di- there's just different ways that you that it's like it's different it's just different and like uh i try to try to think about i spent a lot of time again thinking about it yeah and like when is it like uh, when is it when is it time to like put your foot down and say like no that's inappropriate yeah someone called me a bitch the other day that i put my foot down on yeah (laughs) just yelled at it for me for no reason i was just walking my dog minding my own business that's what happened that seemed on yeah that seemed that's rude well he was like i'll kick i'll kick your dog you fucking bitch and i was that guy i feel like i was like that was that that's out of line yeah fuck you (laughs) so i'm gonna say no to that um all right so this uh email is called my strict dad is starting to get suspicious that i'm sexually active hey ladies i'm a newish listener of the podcast and just wanted to thank you for making work go by faster making me laugh and talking about real shit uh i uh i'm an 18 turning 19 year old chick and my parents are hella religious i'm living at home trying to save money for school and working at the same mill as my dad so we carpool to work in the last couple years we have had an awesome relationship and I'm so blessed to have such great parents but sometimes they get way too caught up in my life and it pisses me off I've been in a relationship with this guy for over a year now and it's going so great I know you two really support going out and getting all of the dick while you're young I mean within reason want to within reason and I'm not at all against that I just personally don't really have an interest in that and I I find a lot more satisfaction in long-term relationships well at least this one but if you ain't into that go get it girl I legit can see myself marrying this dude in the future I know we're babies but I've never felt this connected with someone and we have a fantastic sexual chemistry I'm super young still and don't see a point in rushing into marriage good but my parents are really against premarital sex and mm. low-key keep pressuring me to get married in parentheses hell no lately I've been spending the night at my boyfriend's place every now and then and my dad just brought it up like months after I started doing it he seems to like my boyfriend way more than my past one which is really important to me but he told me when I spend the night at his house it makes it harder to like him and that he doesn't want oh, me God. to do it anymore mm, I mean you're young but you're kind of old for this bullshit. You're, eight, you're 19. Yeah. He wants my boyfriend to respect me and feel sleepovers make me look bad. Oh, and God. somehow that's my boyfriend's fault, even though it's my choice to stay there. <sighs> I told him, well, it's nice to fault the man for once. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I told him I don't really give a shit what it makes me look like because I just like sleeping there and I don't care what other people think about me. And then he just straight up asked if we were banging because that's what it seems like to him. That's very strange. I told him no because they work at a mill. So this might be a weird area country uh, uh i told him no
know, because obviously that would make things a million times worse, even though his instincts are right. And because that's not his business, it's my life. I get that I'm his little girl, but I'm an adult now and I'm capable of making my own decisions. We share some of the same views, I guess, but my dad is very stubborn and interrupts me in an argument when I try to voice my opinion and thought uh, thoughts sometimes. So it's very difficult to get anywhere in a conversation with him. Well, that's not respect. And if he's so concerned with people respecting you, then he needs to do it himself. Uh, I can talk with my mom way easier than my dad. But she always seems to side with him when he's upset with me. Well, she married that kind of guy. Uh, I don't have a curfew and just come home at like two to four in the morning whenever I am over at his house on the weekend, which I personally think looks worse than just spending the night. Who's watching you all the time? I mean, time? Jesus Christ. Get Netflix. You're an adult. Get Netflix people in this neighborhood. I want to respect my dad and his views, but it's hard to when he's got such a thick skull and makes me feel bad about usually just a cuddly, innocent sleepover because day sex. Uh, you're an adult and you're fucking. Just say it. It's not a big deal. Who cares? Uh, please help as I'm really confused on how to handle this situation without disappointing my dad or my boyfriend. Who Thanks. Cares? I love you guys. Well, number one, stop worrying about disappointing your parents because you're an adult and I'm sure you've already Gotta disappointed them in some you. ways. And it, it's like it's like if you're an overall a good person and you're bringing goodness into the world then and your parents are still disappointed then it's like well they just wanted to create someone who was an exact replica of them or their views and that's not what a kid is a kid is an, an own person who thinks freely of their own thoughts and if you want some kind of a lemming then that you're not a parent for the right reasons yep I'm, i just listened to the four agreements on audiobook can't recommend it enough and it was talking about how we all enter this world with all of the shit pre-decided for us which is so um unnatural and humans are the only species on the planet who just beat ourselves up and punish ourselves for things over and over and over again we're the only species of living thing on the planet that does that yeah and, alfred um, takes a piss right on my carpet and looks me in the face shit. <laughs> right and so so they have these expectations of you but that's not who you are they've had these expectations of you before you were fucking born and the reality of the situation is sexuality is healthy you are 18 or 19 year old woman i mean god damn dad get out my pussy please yeah and i realize like it's not we we recommend like moving out a lot i know that might be not a circumstance like that not the circumstance that you're in you might not be financially independent um you know, and it's like, I mean, some people wouldn't even let their kids sleep over, but it's like, do what you want. And also, like, you just don't have to discuss your sex life with your dad. Like, it's just not yeah. necessary. And it's fucking weird. And I would say I would say if I were you, I'd be like, OK, dad, you seem like otherwise you have a pretty OK relationship with him. Like, dad, I really love you. I don't want to know about your mom's sex life. Please do not interfere with my sex life. I am a grown woman and I really like this guy and what I do with my body. I'm responsible. I'm safe. I mean, hopefully you are. Do it if you're not. Um, and I know what I'm doing and I'm making the best decision. And I, I think it's, it, it, it squicks me out when you try to butt in in my sex life. Yeah, and just say that, I, you know, I respect you and I would really appreciate it if you respected me in return. I'm an adult. And respect that I can make my own choices. And also, he should stop fucking interrupting you uh, in in uh, in arguments. And I suggest, like, if... Now, don't get in a shouting match, but when he interrupts you again, just walk Calm. away. Yeah. Walk away. You know, that's not... Because that's, like, right there, he's... It's, that's not a level of respect. I know, nope. like, you love your dad. I'm not saying not to love your dad, but, like, he's so worried about respect. That's so disrespectful. That's not a thick skull. That's fucking rude. Yeah. And if your mom's putting up with that shit, like, you know, it's like she made that decision and she's in that marriage and that's her fucking fish to fry or whatever. But like, you don't need to put up with that shit and you need to stop the pattern. Uh, now. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> uh, oh, this boy. week's guest. So fucking excited to have 
uh, her on. We've been we've been trying to get her on for a while. She is one of the most amazing drag queens in New York City, a legend. She's Juilliard trained, wonderful singer. Uh, she's the host of Drag Wars at Pieces Bar. Uh, please give a warm welcome to Shaquita. It seems my Gary from Jamaica. I know, like, how do you differentiate the personalities on the radio? I don't know. Gary from Jamaica sounds like a Family Guy character. It does, right? I know, I know. It's so weird. You are one of the most amazing performers I've ever seen. Oh, and one wow. of the funniest. Because uh, Corinne has always said that she learned about stand-up, com- how to do stand-up comedy from drag queens. Yeah. Because yeah. drag queens are the fiercest, funniest people. And the first time I went to Drag Wars with Corinne two or three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, you were t- you were hosting, and it was all these jokes. You yes. were telling these racist jokes, and it, <laughs> as a comedian, we used to hear that shit, and it used to be like you could tell it to a room, and everyone would be either uncomfortable, which was fine, or they were laughing their ass off. And you comics can't do that anymore. And so I was like, oh, this is like the only place. Well, you know, it, it, for me, it's about like reading the audience. Like, yeah. You know, uh, first of all, I always say you're at a drag show. This is not Disney and I. So, if <laughs> yeah. you're, you know, if you're coming for PG-13, you went to the wrong bar. Yeah. You went to the wrong venue. Uh, I, I think as a drag queen, you know, you, you, you were saying that we like you learn from drag queens uh, because they're, they're always funny. They're always. But we've kind of had to be, you know, we're drag queens are sort of. Men to sort of push buttons and men to, and isn't that the whole point of drag is like uh, gender fuck. Mm-hmm. The whole yeah. point is gender pushing fuck. Your pushing levels, your comfort level. Pushing your comfort level. Exactly. And I do, I mean, I, all my life, not just drag, but all my life, I've always played with people's perceptions. So I never actually changed my voice in drag, but people, like so many people and so many straight guys are like, oh my God, so are you a woman? Oh, and I'm care. like, uh, did you hear my bass baritone <laughs> voice? Like, yeah. I don't pretend. But what I work with is I work with people see this thing on stage and they they just in their minds, they forget everything else that they know. And so I always say it's it's a difference between me walking in here today in this interview, like in a three piece suit or walking down the street in you know jeans and a T-shirt. You get treated differently every way. And I sort of use that perception of how people see me and how people see each other. And I use that in my drag and I use that in my comedy. So I can get away with a lot of things that most people probably could not. Uh Right. But also there's a very fine line. Like I literally, 
you know, I look at people. I'm, I'm a great reader. I love to read my audience first. So I will walk out on stage and immediately I'm looking around immediately, you know, and I'm like, okay, can I do this? Can I say that? Can I, who is going to be offended? You know, and, and, and oh, so uh, you do cycle that you do ask yourself that in your that head. All, that all goes through my head, you know, and, you know, I just did this benefit uh, on uh, Monday for my friends, uh, Stephen, uh, Stephen and Jared. And, you know, first of all, I, I don't write anything. Okay. Everyone's all in like, It's just off the cuff. Oh yeah. my God, I, I did. Okay, I, I don't want to be shady, but I did an event last night and the guy who was be hosting shady. it. Oh my God, no, he's a sweet guy. I love him to death and I work with him all the time, but he is completely scripted. Ah. Like he cannot, and you know me, I'm like just shouting things off, off the, the top of my yeah. head. And when I do that, it freaks him out because then he has to stop the script and then remember where he is and then goes back right into the script. And, you know, I'm always just trying to get him to, like, just go with it. Just go with it. Relax. Yeah. Uh, and so at this benefit, you know, I was like, I'm just going to walk out there and talk to these uh, people. And, you know, my friend had a really tragic accident. And he's a Broadway dancer, uh, Jared. Uh, and he uh, is paralyzed now. Oh, my God. Uh, so, you know, and I thought, and they, they actually asked for me to uh, perform at this benefit because they would come to my shows on Fire Island uh, all the time. Mm-hmm. And so I was backstage and the stage manager sent me an email the day before saying, okay, everyone's doing these ballads. Everyone's, I was like, uh, why do people always want to do it? That's not what they know you for. That's not what they want. You know, they don't want to sit around and cry. Yeah. So they want to laugh. I, I, I mean, I walked out on stage and I just started talking to them as if they were not, as if he was not in a wheelchair. Yeah. I just talked to him, talked to him the same way I would talk to him during my show on Fire Island. And I really think that's the best way to approach those situations. That's yeah. a stand of comedy yes, right there. I exactly. mean, that is exactly, it's like forcing people to confront things with laughter and yes. truth and it's truth is awkward and uncomfortable. I sat on his lap in the wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, yeah, you want to love that. I'm you sure. want to be treated as an equal. You don't, yes. I think I, I always, my thoughts on stage is like people like, oh, I can't believe you made fun of this person with a disability or, or whoever in the audience. But it's like, no, you don't want to feel different. Like, oh, they made fun of everyone else except for me because yeah, I exactly. am in a wheelchair. Exactly. I think that makes you feel more different. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I see, I see performers always like either pandering to the if yes. someone's in the wheelchair, pandering Jesus. to that person, oh, or it's terrible. you know, and I'm like, uh, just treat them the same. Yeah, I insult everybody equally. Yeah, just because yeah. they're and in a wheelchair amazing. doesn't mean they're not a piece of shit anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Only be a piece of shit in a wheelchair. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> you know, it's just it's not good. Yeah. It's not it's, an inconvenience it's for not, sure. It's not good, but you know, hey, it, yeah. it happens all the time. You know, you and it's so especially in a gay club, we're so used to seeing the white girl, and we expect. Oh my God, she's gonna be white girl shwasted. <laughs> uh, so a very we, rare, specific kind of wasted. Well, yes, exactly. One. Very, very uh, rare. All is like, oh my God, I love you, and then literally, literally thirty seconds later, I hate you. Where's my shoe? Why do they what? always lose their shoe? Why do white girls always lose their shoes? Some gay white bars? girls, they have this like <laughs> their, their drink. It's like, but somewhere between five and six drinks, where a switch just, goes yes. off, and they're in beast mode. Yes, yes. And they're five either trying and six to fuck drinks. or they're yelling at you but I think it's also you know the, it's our society like girls are treated as princess and everyone's supposed to love them and we just still live in a you know we live in New York in such a bubble where everything is gay and it's not I mean we are what 10% of the population yeah so uh when you're a when you're a straight girl and all you know of your life is that you're a princess and everyone has to bow down to you and the man has to buy this and the man has to open the door that's all you know yeah. so all of a sudden you have this person on stage 
saying uh, you don't Same get the attention. No one's ever said exactly. To them you don't get the attention. It's not about you. It's about me. And they're f- and it freaks them out. Oh, and how like, fun is that what? for you? Oh my god, it's so much fun. <laughs> I would like so much fun. Ooh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Amazing. I don't. First of all, I don't really. Um, I don't really appreciate uh, when people are disrespectful. Not just to me, but to other performers. If I'm on stage. First of all, you can't be disrespectful to me because I will shut shut that shit down in yeah, a minute. Yeah, I cannot imagine anybody trying to step uh, up to uh, you. No, no, no. This one, <laughs> this one girl, and I, I threw someone out of my bar the other day and everyone was like, even my husband was like, oh my God, I can't believe you did that. But I was like, you know what? It needed to be done. Yeah. She was not, so I didn't really care so much about myself. This was at Drag Wars. Mm-hmm. I didn't really care so much about myself, but she was sitting there in front of the stage, literally in the first seat and okay. her arms folded the entire time, never smiling, never tipping, didn't even have one drink the entire day and I went up to her the first time and I said hey girl you having a good time and she was like move on oh hell no uh-uh. oh. Mm, bye bye oh and I was like oh 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 I see she's feeling some kind of way and so I left <laughs> it alone and I moved on and then the girls the other performers and so drag wars is like a place for like young drag queens to just get started so you want people to be applauding and I, I always say give people the respect that you would want if you're on that stage mm-hmm. absolutely so to see a girl sitting there arms folded bitter not applauding I mean these girls Go were doing home. death drops backflips, jumping off the like climbing to the top of the bar jumping down onto the dance floor and she just sat there arms folded not even buying a drink and so then after like this just kept happening and happening and happening I just went on stage and I was like you know what uh, there's no reason for you to be here first of all you're taking up a seat why are you here yeah why yeah. are you here if you're so miserable leave Go home. you're making the performers feel as if they're not doing enough yeah just uh, applauding is free and don't sit in the front freaking don't row. sit in the God front damn. yeah so I was like applauding is free being nice is free so I'm gonna be nice to everybody else in the room and ask you to leave oh did you yeah. get a standing ovation for no, that no I mean oh. the people applauded because she was she was just being mean and yeah. I was like there's no room for that why yeah why? Drag Wars is I mean uh, it's the, one of the most magical environments I've ever been to and I took my best friend to the latest round of the competition okay. with, with the, um, Kren and Tommy and she was like crying. She was like, this is amazing. <laughs> there is something about seeing a, a, a drag performer, just the confidence that they have and the death drop. A death drop is yes. when you land in the splits, right? Exactly. That's yeah. the most impressive shit that's I a, have actually, ever that's seen. That's a cuda slam. Oh, that's a cuda <laughs> That's a cuda slam. You slam your cuda on the death. The death drop is when you that's drop so backwards on your back. Oh. Oh. Yes. yes. Oh. That's the death How drop. How do you do that? Yeah, what kind oh, of I don't do that, girl. At my oh age, my if I do a death God. drop, I'll drop dead, bitch. No, 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 no. <laughs> I just stand on stage and drink, honey. I'm that kind of queen. Oh. Hello. But it's like, you know, as as Melissa and I, my best friend, we were talking about like we're in weird phases of like with boys and stuff and uh-huh. breakups and shit. And we're just like, you know, it, sometimes it's hard to find the confidence. But then honestly, if going to Drag Wars, it's like instant. You feel amazing. Yeah. And like I walk home every time to this apartment from when I go and I just listen to like Christina Aguilera and Britney Spears. And oh my, my God, you walk way. home from pieces? Because I'm so amped. <laughs> Because I'm like so excited and I walk home with like a strut. Like, Girl, well, she's not just, in drag. You know, so it's I easier. used to live around the corner and I would take a car. <laughs> no, I, I was so excited after Drag Wars. Yeah, I couldn't, you I know couldn't what it, sit. First of all, uh, so, you know, uh, earlier I said that I'm not one to be insulted. Like you, you can't, uh, you can't, uh, you can't really insult me, first of all, because uh, I'm a drag queen. But also, uh, I, I don't, uh, you can't disrespect me because I won't allow that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also don't let 
queens disrespect other queens. I don't let uh, audience disrespect the queens. And I don't let the queens disrespect the audience. So the uh, environment that we've created at Drag Wars is something I'm incredibly proud of. It's palpable, Because too. I literally, you know, I, I will go backstage. And if I see someone being cunty, can I say that word? Sure. <laughs> say whatever the fuck you want. We love cunty want. here. Cunt is a great word. I just, I just don't understand these young queens who feel so entitled, who put on a dress and think that they have the right to either insult another queen or insult an audience member or think that they're better than the audience member. I'm always like, you were a boy in your apartment singing in front of a hairbrush a minute ago. Yeah. When did you become Beyonce? Yeah. And Beyonce is not even Beyonce. <laughs> I, I, and even if she is, she deserves the fucking she right. She worked her ass off to be Beyonce. So when I see that kind of attitude, and I, I know there's a lot, lot of other drag shows in New York City, um, and those queens are welcome to go there. But at Drag Wars, in my house, if you're disrespectful, you will not be invited back. And the girls know. And it's so funny to see the girls that try to pretend like, oh, I'm so sorry. Can I come back? And I'm like, yes, but you know, if you come back and you come to my house, you have to play by my rules. And I do not suffer cunts like lightly. <laughs> How did you get so confident? Uh, 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 Were you always uh, like that? Yeah, no, I would, I would, I'd like to go back to the beginning before we get ahead into okay. drag because okay. it's like you're born in Jamaica uh-huh. as Gary. Yeah. Is that yes. is that a Jamaican name? No. <laughs> I was you like, know, Gary actually, from Jamaica. I know. my All of my family, we have very like non, <laughs> I guess, J- non-African or Jamaican names. My brother's Julian. Oh, okay. Oh, that's a, oh. My sister's Andrea. I was like, oh. my Jewish uncle's named Gary. Uh, I know. My brother, my other brother's name is Mike. Michael. I mean, it's and it's so funny. I have now the long, I think the longest name. I think my parents probably thought I was going to be a king or royalty, and I just, I just ended up becoming a queen. Uh, it's <laughs> it's funny. Literally, I have four names, and now that I'm married, I have five. Wow, what's it's the full insane. five? It's Gary Andrew Bancroft Soykich Hall. Oh my goodness oh, gracious! Yeah. I, I if I heard that name, I'd be like, I want to meet that person. I know. I can't That's even a put great. The, name. I can't even put that on anything. Like it's it's like I just have to put like one or two. It's. Too I want to get you a custom name tag like that's really long. Can you with all those names. That's amazing. <laughs> Was being a king on the table though? Because you said you grew up bougie. Um, so <laughs> I was like, was this an option? <laughs> yeah. How, how real are we talking with this? No, shit? no. So, you know, I, I, for the for the uh, West Indian and the Caribbean people listening to this, they will understand. Like Jamaica used to be a, a British colony, of mm-hmm. course. And so my family uh, is in banking and the government. So lots of like, you know, when you were at, when you were at home or when you were with the family dinner, it was always very British and very like proper and uh. very like staid. And, you know, and I mean, it, the funniest thing is I actually did not realize that my uncles were in the government. I mean, I heard secretary. So I always thought my uncle was like, like a secretary. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, my uncle, like. Will help somebody like out. taking notes and phone taking calls notes and file and, shit you know and types and stuff and <laughs> and my mom was like are you stupid <laughs> yeah, but i was i was that child like i made the always made the dumbest assumptions uh <laughs> and my mom was like no your uncle is a secretary of state wow yeah, <laughs> which meant nothing different. to me when i was nine years old yeah. i was like i don't know what that means right uh, you know uh, and then my other uncle was like in charge of all the banks of the West Indies. Wow, and so, shit. Yeah, so we grew up like that. And my grandmother was very, um, my grandmother was amazing. Uh, my grandmother raised me from I was nine until I was 12. And then when I was 12, I moved to uh, Manhattan. 
Uh, so you went to Manhattan when you were twelve. Yeah, Dang. I know. Straight from Jamaica to Manhattan. Damn. Uh, did she like, to pursue being a performer? No. So my mom moved here, and then uh, oh. after she moved here, I think she lived here for uh, three years, and then we, me, my, and my brothers and sister, we all moved here to meet my mom because my mom divorced my father. Okay, uh, and, yeah, and that's so, why she moved here. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Cool. So, and then what was it like growing up? Like how, like, are you the youngest? I am the youngest. Oh, okay. I'm the favorite child. Yeah. You're welcome. You're welcome, America. <laughs> you got that favorite kid confidence. Ah, no. no. <laughs> uh, I was, you know, I I think uh, as a child, my mom used to always, because I'm not very violent. Um, and I, I would kinda, never describe you <laughs> as violent. I'm not very violent or I'm not very uh, aggressive. Um, and But my mom would say she was always afraid of me and my brother ever getting into a fight huh. because I don't fight like traditionally I don't get angry and my husband hates me for this I don't get angry I get quiet mm. and I just stop and that freaks people out I actually like that I that, think that's charming and unique that freaks people out the most because I'm imagine. just like uh, I'm not gonna wait that's too much energy fighting mm-hmm. is too much energy I'll just stab you in the head and you'll be dead <laughs> <laughs> waste all that energy fighting and getting sweaty and just you know no just get it over with so no I'm not a, I'm not like a violent person or an angry person so when people are arguing and I just kind of just stop and, and just, but I feel like it, it's that kind of like scary like it throws people off it does but yeah. that's a great weapon but exactly that's you great. take their power away yeah because they're like fighting and they want to fight and you're just like yeah not gonna give Amber you that Rose energy. has always said uh, insecurity is loud and confidence is silent. And I feel like you so rarely would see yeah. somebody demonstrate silence in an argument that you'd be like, "Wait." When, when I first when I first moved to this country, uh, so this was in the uh, late eighties. Uh, oh my god, I just gave my age away. Uh, I'm twenty six, kind. When I first moved to this country, uh, I always I went. I spent one year at a junior high school. And one day, these guys like stole my shoes or something, or one of my shoes. I remember this happening. I was wearing them, and they like they like jumped me for them and stole my shoes. And everybody freaked out because I was just so silent. (laughs) Oh! And all the teachers were like, "Uh," and I literally very calmly got up, walked to the uh, principal's office, and I said in (laughs) in my very precocious way. I think these two kids need to be suspended. They stole my sneakers. <laughs> you have a stoicism about and, you. And the principal was like, uh, 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 because no one back then, no one ratted on each other. Oh, really? Oh, and okay, no one yeah. would like, and I would just be like, uh, and I would, I named names. Oh, yeah. Oh, I named full I always, on names. You gotta, I never saw the point of not naming names. And I was like, uh, these two people stole my shoes. They need to be suspended now. Yeah. Don't you know who I think I am? Very yeah. nice. <laughs> So I, I was always I was always like that. So I think that's where like when I see people being disrespectful uh, on stage towards me or to especially like I can take it, I can take it. But to, towards another performer or and especially to a new and young performer. Oh, that pisses it's me a crime. off. So, it pisses me yeah, off and, so much. And you see their creativity be stifled and they start yes, to doubt themselves. Exactly. It's like, well, that does, that you don't deserve to have that. Exactly. Do that to yourself. Um, did about- you? Oh, sorry, did, did you move to um, America openly gay, or did did that come later? And- um, I never. Oh. I mean, I was always called sissy in Jamaica, and you know, <laughs> nice. you know batty boy. Okay. Um, I do you know what that means? No. I think you can figure it out. Yeah, I was like, uh, wait, was it me? Batty boy. But you bat you bat. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cute. Yeah, I had to give her a visual for that. <laughs> uh, 
I never, there was never, like, I never thought of being gay. Um, but then when I was in high school, I went to LaGuardia High School. Mm, oh, wow. Um, and then one day I was like, I, I'm going to just tell my mom that I have a boyfriend because I, I, I didn't come out as gay. Uh. I literally one day was in school and I went up to this guy and I was like, Matthew, you're going to be my boyfriend. <laughs> and he was like, wait, what? I was like, you're going to be my boyfriend. And he's like, uh, I'm not gay oh <laughs> and i was like uh, uh, what does that mean oh really you just had no kind of you didn't I know it was no, yeah, different know, or anything exactly. it was, it's your sexuality exactly How do you know exactly what's... so i was like what, what do you mean you're, what does that mean it's like i don't like boys i was like is that a thing <laughs> <laughs> so it's so it, like wow. homosexuality was never discussed in your in your childhood home I mean, like no, did was, you ever hear any negative of course talk I mean, about it? Of oh, you course, did. Okay. as a child they were like a sissy boy you know be, and, okay you know, so they were saying they that were truly saying that, as like a mean, and a mean exactly oh, okay. but you know i never because uh because i was always like oh, whatever i never yeah. really gave a fuck yeah yeah and so when i said to matthew i won't say his last name because mm-hmm. he listened uh, i was like matthew you're gonna be my boyfriend he's like and i was just so i was like wait you so i mean but the thing is not only not only was i just the whole gay thing now looking back on it i was telling somebody they were going to be my boyfriend wasn't asking it's very assertive wasn't interested in whether he liked me or not yeah. i was just like this is what it's going to be you yeah uh and then, then you know of course then i was just like and then i told my mom and she's like okay <laughs> and I was like, uh, "Are you hungry? Mom. What do you want?" I was like, "Mom, um, so I'm I, I'm gay," and she's like, uh, "Okay, so I, I know that." <laughs> I was like, oh. "How did that make you feel?" Uh, it was it was literally so matter of fact. Yeah, and you know, I, and I hear all these stories of coming out and people losing their families and yeah. people mm. like, and it hurts me so much to hear that a, a parent will disown a child for the child being them, their authentic self. I know. That is, the, that is so bullshit. hard for me to understand, and I'm so grateful for my mom. Uh, you know, I, honestly, my older brother was living in Trinidad at the time because he was going to college. And then when he came here, I was working at the New York State Theater at the time. Uh, and we, I, was, I was like, let me take you out for lunch, blah, blah, blah. And we were talking. And we were talking about, like, you know, life in Trinidad. And, you know, small West Indian countries, still very homophobic to this day. Oh. And I, you know, I said to, said to him something about uh, being gay. And he's like, yeah, we used to stone the, the gay, bo- the, the sissy boys, the batty boys in Trinidad. Oh, I was no. like, you were, so you would stone your own brother? Oh, and he's like, he like, what does that mean? I was like, I'm gay, Julian. And he was like, uh... Okay, well, not you. And I was like, not you, but you know. <laughs> and now wow. it is it is so amazing to me that fast forward how many years, if I don't show up at the annual Christmas party, they cancel it. <laughs> literally. That I, is how power. That is how, like, charming well, and charismatic well, liter- amazing I mean, one... And, I, and it pissed me off a little bit, though, because I was oh. like, what am I, the hired clown? What am I, the free entertainment? You're just the, the only fun one, the entertaining well, well, one. Yeah. That's actually, actually what everyone says. But, it's, <laughs> you know, I don't want to be the family clown. I just want to be part of the family. But it's, it's amazing mm. to see how, like... And then last year, they met my husband for the first time. And to see a, a West Indian family who is loud as fuck. I mean, mm-hmm. to all the West Indians out there, no offense, but you're all loud as fuck. <laughs> and trust me, I know too, because I'm just right up there. And my poor husband is from Serbia. He's very oh. like, oh. oh. <laughs> and they're all, and my sister, who's a tyrant, she's like a little midget. 
And you know, she a midget? She's not a midget, but she's like short. Close. She's like five feet tall. Okay. But it's like one of those like short people that just need to be heard. Yep, 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 yep. Napoleon complex. Yeah, Napoleon complex. Um, and she's just <laughs> grilling, grilling my poor husband, and she's just going in. On what? Just everything, just everything. So how is how is Gary? Is Gary is Gary pushing you? But just going on and on. And I was just like, and he handled himself very well. And you know, it's so funny now. My mom won't even meet me for lunch unless uh, my husband's there. <laughs> Why? Because she can't. I, she doesn't want to be alone with you, well, or no. she loves your husband. She so loves him. Okay. She, she's good. like. She's like. Uh, I called her up. I was like, uh, I'm gonna come and take you to dinner. She's like, Oh, is Alex coming? I was like, Oh no, he has to work. And she literally said, Oh, well, why don't you just wait till Alex has a day off? <laughs> Damn. <laughs> like, cool. Thanks, mom. Oh wow. Yeah. But it's <laughs> it is amazing though to see how uh, through uh, through great I think great examples through just showing people that being a gay person is just like being anybody else. It doesn't affect you if you're straight, if I'm gay, and just your straightness doesn't affect me being yeah. gay. Uh, I think once people start to see that and people, you know, I, I'm a firm believer in um, teaching by example and teaching by uh, greatness. I think if you see someone, for instance, who is, um, as as they say, handicapped or disabled mm -hmm. and you see someone who, uh, who's handicapped and is doing something great but before you used to be afraid of handicapped people and you see someone who's doing you're like oh okay well maybe i was wrong mm -hmm. and i think that is what i'm saying it's like you know there's lots of uneducated people in every category gay uneducated people straight uneducated people i think if you are an ignorant gay person and you're spouting ignorant ideas a straight person is never going to accept you. Mm -hmm. um, and it's and vice versa. Mm -hmm. I think it takes understanding and it takes uh, respect. Yeah. If you, you respect the person you're talking to, no matter what level they are. Um, and my, I remember my voice teacher always taught me the most important lesson. Know your audience. Always know exactly who you're in front of. This way, then you can adjust and you can, and, and that's, you know, that helps me in my day-to-day -day conversations. It mm -hmm. helps me on stage. It helps me in life. So uh, I'm very proud of how far my family has come. Yeah. But not just my family. I think, I think the, uh, the example that I've shown of how a gay person is just like everybody else mm -hmm. has rubbed off on a lot of people. I hope it rubs off on a lot of people. I hope even my drag, that drag queens aren't some fringe of society that drag queens are just valid ent entertainers like everybody else. I think if you do anything well, it will be accepted. Yeah. And and people just need to humanize. Yes. That's so so your your brother at that time when you had lunch with him, he was saying he's stoned. Yeah, they used to eat, yeah. Just throwing rocks but at it's, gay it's people. It still happens. Yeah. They get, I mean, know, there's they so get many. burnt. They get burnt, you know. Yeah, burnt I was like that happens in so many countries. Oh, Muslim countries still too. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. My God. For sure. That is terrifying. It's rough. Yeah. And then, you know, and <laughs> a lot of times Corinne and I like I always think like, oh, kids aren't getting kicked out of their house now. It's twenty eighteen. But then Corinne does a lot of work with New Alternatives, who is an organization that helps homeless LGBT kids who have been kicked out of their house i'm like damn yeah it how, still happens i don't know how that 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 person's parents they need to humanize it's funny their kid you, or you something know, we, i don't know we do live in a bubble and you think it's 2018 yeah. and that still is happening and people are but you know even like that thing on the news where this guy did you see that where the guy was just like um berating this woman for speaking spanish 
Oh, oh no! Oh, you haven't, I seen, feel, haven't seen this. I feel like that ha- Spanish. I feel yeah. like that happened. I've seen like cl- clips like that so many times on social and media he's a over lawyer. the past. Yeah, what the and guy was a, a lawyer? He's a lawyer, and he went to this like uh, I think it's called Fresh Kitchen, and he's berating this woman for speaking Spanish. And I, I'm just like, does that, especially in New York City, the fuck half the people here speak Spanish? But. You, it, we do forget that there's so many people that are elitist, so many people that are racist, right. so many people that only want to hang out with what they know and think that they are better than. It, it helps them to feel great to think that they are better than someone who may be cleaning the floor. And yeah. you know, my, uh, I, I take the biggest pride in talking to everybody. My husband literally is like, you talk to everybody. (laughs) And I'm like, oh yeah, I do. It's the best way to learn about people. It's the best way to learn about people. And it's so great because I can go to a, I mean, I can go to a club where I, I haven't been in 30 years and walk in and the security guard, the head of security or the manager, last night I walked into a bar where I was working and I went up to this this girl. I was like, hey, girl, how you doing? And I hadn't seen her in, like, literally probably 15 years. And just talked to her because back then she was, like, you know, just, I think, a, a bus boy or whatever. Uh, and I was like, oh, hey, girl, how you doing? And she's like, I'm the manager. Handed <laughs> me a stack of drink tickets. I was like, oh, nice. that's so sweet. But you know what? Just if you treat everybody the same, you never, first, first of all, you never know who you're talking to. True. And I think people like this guy who is so thinking that there's so much better because you either have more money or you went to a better school. It doesn't matter if you went to a better school. There are people who have zero education who are probably way more talented, way more interesting than I will ever be. Mm -hmm. And so to, to think that just because, oh, I went to the Juilliard school, that I'm better than someone who didn't go to Juilliard school. There are people who are have amazing careers yeah. singing, and I'm tap dancing for tips. So you know. <laughs> that's true. But like, I mean, that's not very. Cool. I know. Like, Juilliard is like the best. I know, yeah. but still, I, I would never. I would never. And I always. You're, you're joke, not pretentious, or e- your I ego make, is. I make in a check. joke about it because uh, I think Juilliard people who went to Juilliard actually it was a thing back then when I went to school. I mean, people would literally say, um, hey, I need to I need to fix my electrical wiring. And the person would be like, I went to Juilliard. I can do that. I'd be like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> that, what? Fuck, like, that has nothing to do with like, anything. Exactly. <laughs> nothing to broken but Juilliard, just, I guess. Exactly. It. They just wanted to put in the, I went to Juilliard. So, yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah. <laughs> so I, I just make it a joke now about everything. But uh, no, I, w- I would never put... Uh, my, like where I am in life or, you know, uh, against anybody. I treat yeah. everybody the same, whether you are the cook, the cleaner, the owner, the boss, the chef. I, I treat everyone the same. Have you experienced instances where you are treated less than oh, of and course. you've had to... Oh my God. What do you do? Like, what's an example? Uh-oh. I would like to hear specifically, like, because I feel like we talk all about like race a lot these days, but like as a drag queen, do mm-hmm. you get, I feel like drag queen, because you, you you hit on it before, like is not really respected as mm-hmm. an art form. Course, yes. And as a comedian, I feel that. Because yeah. <laughs> like people have put our, their feet on the stage and I'm like, would you, you would never go <laughs> to Hamilton and like put your feet out as like Lin-Manuel Miranda's walking across the stage. True. And and <clears throat> granted, it is a it is a more, uh, I would say a, a club or a bar. It's a more relaxed setting. Yeah, you know, sure. there's drinks and there's everyone's drinking and having a good time. First of all, I, you know, as I said, know your audience. I'm not pretending that I'm sitting in a Broadway theater and I need 1000% silence. It's a bar. People mm-hmm. are drinking. People are talking. People are flirting. People are, you know, there to hook up. Um, 
What I what I think though is if you are there to watch the show, sit in the front. If you want to meet and mingle, go to the bar, go to the back. Um, uh, I I mean I've I have had situations where people have been like, oh, but you're just a drag queen, and I'm like, uh, what does that have to do with anything? You know, and especially bartenders. And uh, I, I, I want to talk to the bartenders out there in the world. Don't underestimate the drag performers, especially in New York City. Uh, I once had, I had an incident where I was doing the show and I was actually producing the show and I actually produce all the shows that I do um, just because I'm a controlling freak. <laughs> uh, and I was producing the show, which means everything from uh, designing the ads, uh, doing the concepts, even designing the stage and the curtains and the yeah, lights. And, every and, aspect. And, exactly, and editing the music. And then invite doing all the, the PR and the press for the show. And I was doing the show, and then this bartender was having an issue with his ex who was there, and he was drinking uh, because his ex was there. Oh, boy. And uh, he said to, I said to him, just, just relax. I invited his ex because his ex was, was also my mutual friend. So I invited him to the show, and the bartender was like, well, you don't have any say here. You're just the drag queen. <laughs> And I was like, um, actually, this is my night and uh, you're the bartender. So why don't you stay behind the bar? And I'm responsible because without me, you'd be standing behind the bar with no one to serve. True. Mm -hmm. Think about that. Yeah. And I think a lot of times people don't realize that. So the drag queens bring in the show. The people come to watch the show. And, not, I'm and not they're having a good time. They're drinking. I'm not saying that I am the only power there or the only reason that the people are there. But without the shows, and if you go to any bar, most bars in New York City, uh, especially gay bars, they're, they might be packed on a Friday and Saturday Never as Monday. they should be. On a Monday night. Yeah. But Drag Wars this past week, oh my God, you couldn't even yeah, move. You can't move. Mm -hmm. and it was amazing. So for the bartender to be like, oh, I'm going to ignore you because you're just the drag queen and you're not paying my bills. Actually, I am yeah. paying your bills by packing your bar. Yeah. So, you know, and not every, every bartender is like that, but I, I, there are a lot of bartenders that think, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take care of the paying customers. You're just the, you're just the help. Oh, God. And, like, but, and I... I it, they're obviously coming from somewhere, place of insecurity and hurting. Obviously, that's it's why they're insecurity or just, not knowing or ignorance. just exactly not yeah. understanding that. Uh, wait, your bar is packed. Why is the bar packed? Just do a little, just do a little math. Do a little thinking outside of yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's you know, it's usually the bartender that's like the, the wants to be the sexy shirtless one, and it's like, oh, okay, you may be cute and you may have a great body, but if I don't bring the people in here, no one will see it. Yeah, and so. you gotta tuck your dick. Yeah. <laughs> uh. That's I just stopped talking at this point. Oh, do you? Oh, really? Oh, I just let it really? hang. No, I'm just kidding. I was like, oh I was going to say, those costumes you were wearing were amazing. Maybe my, maybe my show will be packed. It's <laughs> a new trend. I was going to say, no offense, but then you, it's kind of small no, then no, no, if, no. if you didn't tuck it. I am Jamaican. Do the math. <laughs> do Jamaican people have big dicks? Oh, I can't I say I can't I say that. This is a PG. <laughs> Wait, PG. Do you have any like tips for like tucking? One one time, one person, Jada Valenciaga, explained how to tuck a dick, mm -hmm. but I didn't know if like different people tucked it or is it just always the same it thing. Is. Tuck it in different well, ways. To be safe, it should be you know you put your balls back in where they came from. <laughs> Right. Up, up your butthole? No, not up your butthole. Oh my goodness! Oh, this is this is why I shouldn't talk to women about penises. Well, that's why we need to know. Yeah. No, you put your balls back. Uh, they dropped from it, your ass. They, <laughs> One day when you turn Which eleven, your balls you drop out of your school? ass. None of them. My balls came out of my ass. It's the Philadelphia school system over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where balls come from. Right? Uh, and then you take. Uh, I I use a tucking panty. It's called a gaff. Oh. Uh, and then you. So it's it's like it's really sort of a very. Um, 
thick uh, piece of fabric in a triangular shape. And it's basically like a, a really uh, industrial strength G-string. So you can't get a boner in that, right? You Because uh, that would hurt. <laughs> You'd be fucking yourself if you did. Up the, up the I've butt, actually yes. heard of that. Somebody, some guy. Oh, I've seen it. What? You you've saw never, a guy fuck himself up the butt? You've never seen somebody fuck himself? What? Wait, masturbate? Wait. No, stick his de- hard dick in his ass Stop and fuck it. himself and All come. Right. I'm not watching no. the right porn. What the what? fuck? That's amazing. Oh my goodness. Oh, Wait, I've... have you seen it in real life or in no, a video? No, no, no. I saw, I saw a video. Is this only gay porn though? Or have you uh, seen it in straight porn? I don't think it's porn. And is that it's just that's one considered person. masturbation? Is just it like gay? a YouTube video? Yeah. Is it gay or straight if it's a person by themselves? I don't it's know. It's just masturbation. Well, I thought it was like happening maybe like a, a side thing of like gay porn. Like, you no, know, this is not happening at your... Drag Wars. <laughs> Wait, no. you could put your hard dick up your own butthole? If it's big enough. If yeah. it's big, I guess if you're Jamaican. And a curve. Oh, yeah. So you gotta have a curve. I mean, it's blood. So, it, you know, it does. It has some oh, give. That's true. It has yeah, some yeah, give. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, yeah. Oh my God, I have this, the funniest story, this guy I work with. He's like, oh, I have I have a lot of muscles in my dick. Uh, what? <laughs> what? Well, he's he's you like a bodybuilder. He's a bodybuilder, so he just thought <laughs> my dick is a God six love pack. him. Uh, and if you're listening to this, Vic, I love you. But <laughs> that's el- oh, did I just mention his name? <laughs> we can, but yeah. we can. Oh my God, hilarious! Want- no, it's fine. Oh, okay. It's fine. He's hilarious. Have you ever seen a muscular dick? You can't really have muscle. There's no dick, muscle. Can you? There's no yeah. muscle in there. Yeah, you can't even get. Wow, muscle. you really know nothing about dicks. Are, are you a <laughs> lesbian? No, oh, but you, you said that at the show. You know nothing about dicks. I did look like <laughs> you're giving I, some lesbian vibes. Balls I, don't come out the ass. I knew, well, that I kind of figured, but like I learned very recently that when you give a blowjob, you gotta like suck in with your mouth, not just like lick it like a lollipop. So you know. How old are you? I'm 30. <laughs> Where did you go to school? Uh, Penn oh, State wow. and then Marymount Manhattan. Marymount Manhattan. Oh wow, this I got is a liberal a, arts education. This is America. <laughs> I can't yeah, be. I, I can't be grouped in this. I I was giving oh, them properly. Yeah. Well, that's why because she used to. Well, she used I to like say how about. great they were and how much she loved them. And I was like thinking in my head, are you doing this right? Because like well, women are. Well, a lot of us are, don't really love. How, what are your thoughts on Wait. giving a blowjob? Wait, really? Straight women. I, I like dicks. Straight women don't like giving blowjobs? Uh, it's a it's a big job, and I don't think we enjoy it as much. And also, I think it's, it's when I talk to my gay friends, I think they like it because like they're going to get the same thing. But like eating pussy and a blowjob sounds better to me, honestly. I would I, I would really like a blowjob, but I just can't get one. Uh, you, well, you can get your pussy eaten. Yeah, I know yeah, it's not the fun. same. It's not no. the same. I like blowjobs. Uh, I want to do like two dicks at I once. I think we should do. Fun. We should do uh, <laughs> uh, uh, like an Instagram uh, story about. <laughs> no, really, honestly, let's do. Let's do one of those stories where you can devote uh, straight uh, women, but just for straight women. Do you like giving blowjobs? Our listeners hate, might, though. or do you let's love do, it like do, me? Do you like giving blowjobs, or you do find it a chore? Like I, I, if I, I like someone, maybe I, I want to think it's half and half. I think there are a lot of women that just love giving blowjobs. I love it. I think yeah. it's great. I lo- it makes me so proud. It's see, so right beautiful here, half to see. And half. You hate it. To see she a loves dick it. go from like zero to hero, and you're yeah. like, I did that. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah I'm not Good a people pleaser. Wait, so you start sucking the dick when it's soft? Uh, I will, depending on where we're at. You know? oh, or if like wow. we just had sex. Is and that then... a straight thing? No, well, if we just had sex and then the guy's laying there. I did it the other day, and he was laying there, and his dick was flaccid, and then I was like. 
when they bring this back to life. Oh, oh. And I Who did. Who an erection immediately after having sex? I mean, we waited like 10 minutes. Oh. I can. Really? Oh, my God, yes. Immediately after? Oh, my God, yes. So it go, go, goes soft I'm and like then a, hard again? I'm like a 12-year-old boy. Oh, because I was like, usually really? over 30, it's pretty hard to oh, do that. Oh, girl, I'm, it's crazy. Probably because really? I didn't have lots of sex when I was younger. Uh, yeah, what's your sexual When did you lose career? your virginity? Yeah. Uh, I lost my virginity at, oh, my goodness, can I say this? I think I was. Uh, we had t- Someone said 10 the other day, so you can say no, whatever. No, 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 no. You were five. You're, you're gonna, no, no oh my god, you're gonna gag. I was 27. Tw- <laughs> okay. No, I was like 22. Oh, that's fine. That's like yeah. the ideal age. I wish I waited, honestly, because I didn't know what I was doing. Oh, but I meant I had never ejaculated or never come until I was like 22. How hard did you come? Uh, I saw stars. <laughs> I would have passed out. I was with my boyfriend How at the time. How did you never pursued I jerking know. yourself off? No. You didn't was, learn about it in school? No. You I do seem very... like you seem like so fancy that maybe you've never even had sex, <laughs> but no, like I'm in not, a bougie no, no, way, no. not in like no, a, no, no. So you know? <laughs> I was very laser focused as a child. Like I knew that I was going to become this great opera singer. So I was literally like, you know, I was that obnoxious child. I was like, study, study, study. I would go to Juilliard uh, from dream. from like uh, nine in the morning and leave that uh, practice room at nine at night, go home, make dinner, rest, get up. Like all I did was, and then I worked at the New York City Opera. So, it was so like, you really didn't have time for sex. Or I, well, it's <laughs> not, so I didn't cool. even really think so much about it. And then I was dating this guy and uh, we were fooling around. And then I was like, oh, my God, something's happening. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And then he was like, are you? Have you never? And I was like, no. I was like, what? And I was like, I saw stars. Did he know you'd never came before? You've never. Uh, he found that out. After... How honored. He was probably so excited. Yeah, he was. So, what a rare opportunity. He was so much older than me, though. How well, well at the time, I was just like, oh, my God, he's so old. He's like 33. And I was like 22. <laughs> it's like, he's ancient. Oh, my God. He's <laughs> like a decade he like, older. He was like a lawyer. He's like, oh, sugar daddy. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. And then did you did you masturbate after you first uh, had an orgasm a lot? Like, I would have been like, no. I got to go, guys. No, I think I didn't really become uh, so, like sexual or uh, until I was probably, I would say, in my 30s. Really? I know, I know. Well, because you were so busy, you filled I was, your life exactly. up Exactly. I was so busy with school. I was so busy with work. I was, I, you know, still to this day, I'm focused. I am a workaholic. Yeah. You know, and I I, I, I think sometimes I, I sit in my uh, apartment and I'm working on something and working on like, or a costume and I'm like sitting there crying for Drag Wars, uh, my finale look. I was just sitting at home crying as I had to like one by one put every single Swarovski bead on that headdress. Oh, that, that was, was a gorgeous Exquisite. Headdress. And I was like, and then it just always reminds me of when I was doing the show a long time ago at Barracuda, I made this Tina Turner outfit and literally my fingers were bleeding oh. with like hot glue and wire and blah, blah, blah. And um, I was like sitting on my floor in my apartment back then crying and my friend was like, he was like, it's okay. Just this is like four in the morning for the show the next day. Oh. And it was like, he was like, I'm here to help. I'm here to help. He's like, don't worry about it. Everybody appreciates all the work you do. And I was like, uh, that made me, I was like, okay. He was like, everybody, everybody sees it. Everybody sees how hard you work. I was like, okay, I'm going to finish it. And I finished it. And to this day, I still have the costume. Wow. So, yeah. You know, sometimes when you're working that hard, you do have to think, uh, maybe one or two people appreciate the amount of work that goes into it. Um, for some reason, everybody thinks I'm rich. 
and I'm not. You just talk it's, with this elegance ah, that's like, wow. Yeah. You well, like it, it's so funny. Like, I, I just worked with this uh, drag race queen, and she was like, "Girl, I've been watching you on Instagram for like years now, and I, I can't believe I finally got to meet you. And you have never worn the same outfit twice." Oh wow! And I was like, "Bullshit, girl." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but I do. You know, granted, I do have a lot. Yeah. Of outfits. I have like wardrobes and wardrobes of an outfit. How big is your closet? Uh, it's an entire room. Wow. <gasps> That's so cool. Yeah, wow. so. Oh my gosh. And it, and you just I like walk in it when you're like in the afternoons when you're like. There is one entire side that is all gowns. What? One entire side that is uh, uh, floor to And this is floor to ceiling. This is like the Vogue closet. Yeah. Yeah. One entire side that is all bodysuits. Literally just bodysuits. Wow. Uh, like covered in Swarovski crystals. Uh, there's and there's another closet that's all cat suits. Oh my god! Yeah. People don't realize like when you're when you do drag and you do it as well as you do, you the, the attention to detail to your it's, outfits, to yeah. your makeup, to and everything. Even, but you know what? It's also I love the growth every time. You know, and and another thing is amazing. Like I just got married last November, oh, and my yeah. husband is. Thank you. My husband is amazing. He's literally like, okay, so you have nine hundred and ninety nine thousand Swarovski crystals. We need to add 999,000 more. And he's like literally helped me to like up Aww, my game. Wow. And it's, you know, obviously doing it by yourself is difficult. But having a partner, having someone there that is like, okay, you look great. Now we need to step your pussy up. Wow. And I'm like, okay, I'm down for that. I mean, I'm a, I'm a worker. How'd I'm, you meet him? Uh, we met on Grinder, actually. No, really? So many, pe- so many happy gay couples I know met on Grinder. I mean, I don't. Does it matter whether you meet in a library or Who in cares? church or no. in the street or online? I, I think as as long as you meet, we're just mad because like it doesn't happen on Tinder that I much. Know. Oh, it doesn't. Tinder is nah. just like what about Match dot com. I've heard so many more success stories from Grinder. But okay, so you do know that it's a smaller population. Yeah. So, well, but still. I mean, I've heard I also this. just know about, a, like about, a lot of gay men. Like I have more gay friends than straight. I feel like you should sign up to Christian so, Mingle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that actually be really right, funny. If you that'd get be a, hilarious. You start casting Christian Mingle uh, profile. That'd be really funny. And when you're wearing a yarmulke, I love you know, it. Guys wear that. I was like, no, yeah, girls don't wear that. Wait, when? Uh, so you you so you went to LaGuardia. Number mm. one, do you do you have to audition to get into LaGuardia? Yes. I, I thought so. Say, yes. So you go to LaGuardia, Juilliard, and then so you're on this path to be an opera singer mm-hmm. where does where do you become a drag queen a, yeah, part, a party a, at a Whoa. party a i want to hear the story yeah. i'm so fascinated I, so we did an, an opera called hugh the drover at juilliard and okay. at the end uh a, a bunch of friends and so i always hung out a lot with the dancers mm-hmm. because i was always tall and thin and everyone thought i was a dancer i mean i remember going into my voice class and the teacher would be like, oh, the dance department is on the second. I was like, I'm a singer, goddammit. Because, <laughs> you know, everyone was rotund. Uh, and I was like a literally, I was, I think at the time I was the youngest student ever admitted to Juilliard. I was 17. Whoa. Wow. So I was a, a little skinny. 17. This little skinny black boy. And I, I was, I went to school with Audrey McDonald. We're in the same class. Oh, how Whoa. cool. Yeah. And now she's like seven, eight Tony Awards and I'm still Shit. tap dancing for tips. Doing a fine Audrey job. McDonald, call me. I need a dollar. Um, <laughs> but it's uh, so after the show, like some of the dancers were all like, let's go out. Let's party. I was like, OK. And they're like, but, you know, you have to dress up because they're not going to let you in the club. But this is like you had to like be picked to go into the club back then. Ooh, Studio Whoa. 54 yes. level. Yes. And so this was right post Studio 54. And so they dressed me up. And I remember I was wearing like a, a negligee and mm. like a straw hat. What? And then a wig. 
And then somebody put lipstick on me and eyeliner. And I was wearing just like combat boots. Is this the first time boots. you had makeup on? This is my first time ever having makeup. Wow. Uh, and I was like, okay. And I was always just kind of like, whatever. You know, I'm whatever. So we all piled into a bunch of uh, taxis and we went down to this club. And I remember it was so frightening because I got out of the taxi. Hundreds of people out outside, uh, like screaming. And then like, like the door, the, the door guy looked at me and he literally looks like when you think of the uh, definition of like an Aryan race Nazi, like he had the like a skinhead. He, no, no, he had the platinum blonde hair, oh. parted, slick to the side, completely shaved on the side, like Aryan features, tall, wearing all black, and he looked straight at me. He was like, "You, who are you with?" And I was like, ah! <laughs> "Me." And I was like, uh, and my friends like nudged me. They're like, I was like, oh, them. And they were like, come. And we all walked into the club. And this was the second night of the Roxy. Ooh, the biggest wow. club in the world. Yeah. This is the second Saturday of the Roxy. And so I walked in there and walked up those grand staircases. And I was like in a whole new world. I was like, what the fuck? It was like 5,000 people and lights and music. And everyone was like dressed in costume because you had to dress up to go out back then. You couldn't just wear jeans and a t-shirt. Yeah. And I was like, what? And then Boy George comes over to me. What the fuck? And goes, oh my God, I love your look. Do you want to be one of her hosts? Stop. And I was like, uh, what? He's like, I'll give you a hundred dollars every week. Just show up and be fabulous. Holy crap. And so I went over to my friends. It's like, oh my God, boy, George just offered me a job. Boy, George George got you into drag. Uh, I know. And my (laughs) friends were like, you are so stupid. Remember I told you I always make the wrong conclusions. Oh yeah. And it's like, that's not boy, George. It's a costume party, idiot. That is, some, that is totally some shit I would do. And I was, he was like, that's the promoter. That's Lee Chapel. He's the promoter. Okay, well, whatever. And he's like, he offered me a job here. And they're like, oh my God, take it. This is that's like the amazing. hottest club. You can get us on the guest list. They only cared about getting on the guest list. They didn't really care about Fucking and so, friends. And so the next week, uh, like they called me, Lee called me and was like, um, so we'll see you on Saturday. Just show up here, blah, blah, blah. Just be fabulous. And I was like, ooh. Now I got to be fabulous on my own. Okay, yeah. So it's like, let me pull some shit. And I think it was just terrible. I don't even think it was drag. Um, what was it? I remember? think it was probably the same negligee. I kept it. Yeah. I wore that again. And then a wig and tried my makeup. Like I think essence I, of drag. Like essence of drag. You know, just bad. <laughs> Little just, spritz. Just like go, going to <laughs> Dwayne Reed and trying to put on. <laughs> going to, to Ricky's. <laughs> trying to beat it. No, not even Ricky's. Honey. Dwayne Reed. <laughs> Halloween 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 aisle trying to beat beat a face and you know it was terrible drag and I had black hair and it was uh, and then Lee was like oh my god you have to have a drag name and so my first drag name oh can I say this I don't whatever you want a lot of people don't know it actually ooh I know it's kind of exclusive exclusive all right my first ever drag name until it became Shaquita only had two uh, was Miss Shady Lane ooh. (laughs) I like it. Because I was quiet and I didn't do drugs. I still, to this day, have never done a drug in my life. Wow. Even so, al- well, no, obviously alcohol, drink, yeah. But yeah, but like but weed? No weed? No, nothing. Never smoked a cigarette. And so I was just always like, you know, and I was raised speak when spoken to, answer when called. Uh, so I wouldn't be the one to just like, you know, I would be bouncing around doing my thing. And then when somebody would ask me a question, I would respond. But I was never like in your face and obnoxious and like... Uh, so people just always, they're like, oh, look at her. She's being so shady. And I was like, I'm not being shady. I'm just taking it all in. Yeah. And especially like the way I speak, people just, I sound so like, <clears throat> like, a, like almost like a cartoon character. I, people always say you sound 
like Jesse Norman. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, well, that's the opera background and training. Yeah. Yes. yeah, it's the best voice, though. I know. I was like, I just want to close my eyes and listen to you. You should have like a radio show. I know. Show. If really? you narrated I, a book, I, yes. it doesn't matter what book it is, I would oh, listen wow. to it. Oh, wow. I hate. Do you hate listening to yourself? I love listening I don't to like myself. Really? I hate no. listening to myself. Oh, my yeah. God. I, when I, whenever I, like I hear my much. when I hear my voice, I'm like, Ew. I just love people's voices. I okay. love being able to manipulate a voice. And like, I, I don't, did you take, Um, uh, I'm sure you got uh, taught in standard stage dialect yes. in school. Yes, yes. And I, when I learned that, and I, yeah, I, yeah. I had like a little bit of a Southern accent when mm-hmm. I came to college. And just the way you can manipulate your voice and round your tongue, like any. Round it tone. Yeah, and I love <laughs> that. And, yes. and so, I don't know. I'm obsessed yeah. with voices. Yeah, I, I, of course. I'll I mean, be attracted to somebody just because of their voice. I I mean, growing up in Jamaica and then moving here and then speaking British English sometimes in Jamaica and then Jamaican English, obviously, with my friends in the school and then moving here and then. I was like, okay, no one's understanding what I'm saying. So I had to then speak American. Uh, and then when I went to Juilliard, they were like, no, you can't speak like that. Yeah. You can't. What was to- that voice like? It was it was just standard American English. And then okay. I had to learn. Uh, uh, it wasn't standard. It was like just American slang. Yeah. And then you had to learn standard American English. And surprisingly, I actually failed my first standard American English test. Because my O's and or, uh, and my vowels are so closed from like l- learning first British. So like my last name is H-A-L-L. And everyone always thinks I'm saying H-O-L-E. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. So I say hall. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Instead of uh, Americans say hall. I can't, uh, I can't. Yeah, I have the hardest. Hall. Ha- Gary, ha. I, I would be like hall, but that's like hall. Jersey. Hall. Gary, hall. Hall. Yeah, like I had to say, like in school, you, you had to say uh the hot pot is not in the lot. <laughs> and yeah. I could not do that as an American. Did you ever do give me the gift of a grip top sock? No, I, oh, okay. I never did that, that one. But one it's, it's the same thing. And, and my teacher's like, the hot pot is not in the lot. <laughs> and I, I don't even think I did that right. If my teacher's listening, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, for some reason, like those open, like, could you say, how do you, how do you say? The hot pot is not in the lot. The hot pot is not in the lot. Yeah, that doesn't sound right. Hot well, you said well, you said when you mimicked hers, it sounded more American. <laughs> yeah, again, oh, okay. like Jersey, like or like the PA accent. Yeah, I, like, I know. You so, get a Dan Wawa. Mm. So, well, so, I'm like terrified of actually losing my accent. I think I'm like I just want to keep like everything that is me. I want to keep it, and I don't want to like because it, it, it's astounding. Like actors, like they all. I'm like, how does everyone talk the same? Or like, yeah, yeah, yeah. anytime someone's like getting interviewed on a late night talk show, everyone sounds like the same. Yeah, yeah. But then they're they're like, but I'm from Minnesota, and you're yeah, like, yeah, what? Yeah, yeah. what? How did I, I hear that? that? I love I love accents. I love languages. So uh, I, I you we, know how many languages? I actually know uh, about seven. You I were speaking speak- Russian the other night. Yeah, and I was like, what? Yeah, you just what? pulled it out of your back pocket. That was amazing. Everyone thought you were bluffing, thought- and then everyone, and then and we then saw you. She started talking back to you, and I'm like, oh no, that's like legit Russian. They're talking. I know. It, it freaks people out. I've, you know, I've gotten to travel the world a lot. So, and because I do love all cultures, that you know, I'm not, I'm not one of those uh, Americans because I'm not. I, while I am American, I'm Jamaican American. I mean, I've traveled. So when I go someplace, I will learn the language in like three months if I'm there I can learn you know like the hardest one I have to say was Dutch because every single person in Amsterdam speaks English fluently so the minute they hear that you uh, are not a a typical a normal uh, sorry what's the word a native Dutch speaker Uh. they switch to English and I would force my friends they're like no speak to me in Dutch speak to me in Dutch and um, and if to to the Dutch community um, you're a wonderful community 
beautiful people. My first boyfriend ever was in Holland. Aww. But it is the ugliest language. Oh, really? <laughs> it's the ugliest. Uh, I don't like, think I've ever heard, of, yeah, heard it even. In every, like, when you say I love you, you want it to be something that sounds romantic yeah. and beautiful. And like in French, je t'aime. Mm. In, uh, uh, in uh, German, ich liebe dich. That's uh, even, yeah, yeah, that's nice. In, in, in Russian, ja lu blue to be a, but in Dutch, it's just not. Yeah, that sounds German. Ik, ik, wow. Well, yeah, that uh, sounds like that harsh German. Well, Dutch is sort of a mixture of German. Uh, you know, English is right. really like a English mixture type, of Dutch yeah. and, mm -hmm. Engl and German. So it's all kind of derivative. So, yeah, if you can speak German, you probably can understand a bit of Dutch. Um, and the great thing about learning Dutch is then you can say you can speak Afrikaans and Flemish because it's pretty oh, much the same language. Damn. Good tip, good tip. Ah, <laughs> honey. You learn one, learn one, gain two more. I love how you just said, oh yes. my gosh. Yes. Well, how did you know you wanted to marry your husband? Uh, I, like, when did he you know? actually proposed to me. Yeah. But uh, you know, the truth is we met on Grindr. Mm -hmm. We went for a date because I, I was just, I'd given up on the hooking up and I was just like, uh, one, I didn't want people in my space and I love my apartment. I hear and I have you. a lot of expensive <laughs> shit. Um, and so I was like, let's go for a drink. Like my grinder profile back then was like, let's go for a drink. <laughs> and so people would like send me a message and I'd be like, let's go for a drink. And they would block me. Because everyone just wanted to fuck. Oh, you know? oh and, man, right? Yeah. You know, and you like, see a black man, you're like, oh, just fuck me with that big black dick. And I was like, oh. But let's Did you go get for a lot of like. Oh, you're totally. Like uh, fetishy, fetishizing. Like, I was like, let's go for a drink first. And it'd be like, block, deny, oh or silence. Uh, and then uh, he was like, okay, I guess we can go for a drink. <laughs> I mean, in hindsight, he's like, like, marry me. In Prince. hindsight, he's like, I really just wanted to fuck. <laughs> and uh, but he was like, let's go for a drink. So we went. To, we tr I tried to find a place where no one would know who I was. Mm -hmm. And so we walked around the East Village for a while, and we found this restaurant. And we sat there, and I was like, so do you? Did I ever tell you what I did? Because we talked for a while. I was. I'm not one to just like talk once. I would, like I have a conversation online for a while. And then I was like, did I ever tell you what I did? And I was like, he's like, no. I was like, oh, I'm a drag performer named Shaquita. And he was like, I, I don't know what that means. I was like, Aww. bingo. Yeah. That's nice. And actually, we have been together every single day since that date. What? Yeah. Every single how, day. How long ago was that? That was uh, over two years ago. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. So that's like love at first yeah. sight. You don't want to punch I him? I wouldn't say it was. I know. That's amazing. I, that I wouldn't you're say it was love at first sight. Um, but I just. He grew on you. He grew on me after <laughs> like, I would say after like two weeks, I was just like, this is a really good guy. You know, oh, he yeah. was very, he, was, he still is. He's very loving. He's very warm. You know, there is obviously like a. Um, he's from Serbia. I'm from Jamaica slash America. Um, I'm much older than he is. Oh really? Um, What's the age difference? Uh, a, a lot. Okay. Uh, I don't want to give away my age. People think okay. I'm 26. Oh wait, or is it 28? I don't know how people think I'm. You look uh, 25. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he is. He's an amazing guy. He is an amazing guy, and I. I am just so grateful and blessed. And uh, the fact that I go to sleep with him every night um, and I'm very easily annoyed. I'm very easily, because I've been independent my entire life. Yeah. Um, I have, I have uh, broken up with guys for buying the wrong color towel for my bathroom. <laughs> 
Like I dumped this guy because I, my bathroom was all because he bought you the wrong color towel. Well, yes, my bla- my bathroom was blue and white, and he uh-huh. bought this like obnoxious orange towel. Oh no, that changes the vibe. And I was like, babe, blue what, and what white. Are, he's is... like, he's like, but this is beautiful. I was like, okay, well you can have it in your apartment. Our Goodbye. versions of beauty are different. See ya. Yeah, uh, and you know my mom was like pissed at me for that. She's like, you're so stupid. That's why you're gonna be single for the rest of your life. You just know what you want. Uh, and yeah, well, obviously now as as I get older, you learn to compromise. You learn to, there are bigger things than that. Than yeah. towels. Um, but it's, at some point, <laughs> though, you do have to have a certain sense of wanting the same thing and wanting the same aesthetic. And you know, I feel like those small things eventually will can break up a relationship. So mm-hmm. when somebody says, "Oh, it's such a trivial thing, the color of a towel," um, it is really just like an aesthetic thing and like if you don't feel the same way like you don't you don't have to love all the same things right but i feel like it does help to for you to both grow together like when we decorate the apartment i always tell my husband like i get 99.9 percent say in the decorating skills and you can buy a plant is he okay with that oh he's totally okay well he also loves my style okay so that totally imagine your apartment is beautiful it's okay (laughs) i've been been told it's a little showroomy yeah, but that's it looks great. like a furniture showroom. That's awesome. <laughs> it's very clean and white and that's modern. nice though. You gotta that's do great. what you gotta do. I know. I was I was I was uh, meeting with this new cleaning lady that we were thinking of getting, and she came in and she's like, "It's it's so modern in here." I was like, "No." And then you know, of course, and everything is run by like uh, Wi-Fi and and Alexa yeah. and like all this all these like iPads on the wall to yeah. run everything. And she's like. I remember my last cleaning lady would just always call me, oh, Mr. Gaddy, how do you turn on light? Oh, <laughs> so cute. Oh. I miss Elsa. Yeah, she was great. Um, okay. Oh, I just have, I, my, my, I had a dinner with my gay friends last night and they said that I had to ask you this. Okay. So um, mm. they want to know about your quote unquote uh, relationship with RuPaul, your beef. <laughs> okay. So let's get this on the table. Thank you. I need to know. All right. (laughs) Listeners, listen up. This is the truth. This is an exclusive. I have never publicly said this. Whoa. Dan, we have mad exclusive. Thanks, Grant, for giving me the courage. Never actually spoken about this in public ever. So this is the truth. RuPaul and I used to know each other. We used to be friends. Uh, We used to work together. Uh, I was traveling uh, at the same time she was traveling around the world. So I would like meet her. I remember meeting her once in in this town in uh, Austria called Graz mm. and we hung out in her limousine before she went off to the airport which is the day she met Diana Ross actually because mm, they flew her back on the Concorde um, whoa, whoa. this Damn. is how long ago that was <laughs> and so we would go down to South Beach and perform together um, and we both lived in the West Village and I don't know what happened but at some point I noticed now you know when you're walking down the street and you see a friend mm-hmm. or somebody you know is a friend and you you're like, they're, you're both walking towards each other. Yeah. And you get the sense that one person doesn't want to stop. Yes. And it's just a high. Yeah, because their speed you. never yeah, slows exactly. down. You're like, wait a second. Exactly. And so that kept happening. And I would see her at the local D'Agostino in my neighborhood in the West Village. And I'd be like, hey, Gru, what's going on? And she, she, you just noticed that she really never looked at me and never wanted to talk to me. And she was like, it's great. So her, her attitude towards you changed. Her attitude towards me changed. And then... Um, we, it was my birthday and I, my friend, my, my assistant at the time took me to see, uh, Eartha Kitt oh, and wow. RuPaul yeah. was there also with our mutual friends, Ari Gold and Billy Porter. And so, uh, they were all like, let's do something after. And I think it was 
I think it was Ari who said, oh, Rue doesn't want to go to a bar because she's not drinking um, and she loves board games. And so they're like, let's just go to your apartment. It's around the corner. I was like, sure. Um, so we all went back to my apartment and we were having drinks. And I remember my neighbor uh, came up and brought me a bottle of Grey Goose. And he what was a good like, neighbor. And I know. And, he's, and he walked like he walked out uh, outside of the door and he's like, wait. Is RuPaul sitting in your living room? <laughs> okay, so RuPaul was big at that point. Yes, okay. yes, yes. I was like, yeah, that, that's her. Uh, <clears throat> but the entire time she was at my apartment, she never spoke to me. Mm. She spoke to everyone else. And we were playing board games. I think we were playing either Scrabble or Scattergors or something. And she never spoke to me. You, and you, you, know, when, you know when someone in is your just own like, home? like you were all laughing and we're all drinking. And, and, um, and actually, I don't think we were drinking because she didn't want to drink. So I was like purposely like, let's just have, you know, soda. Just sip or maybe gray, we're having chunk wine. Chuck the Grey Goose in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I just felt this like uncomfortable sensation. And she just did not want to talk to me. And I was just like, oh. Oh, okay. And even, I think even my assistant at the time was like, that was weird. Is there, what's the beef with you and Rue? I was like, I, 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 I don't know. But I just thought that was weird. You're in someone's apartment. And she literally talked around me. Ugh. Like when it was even my turn petty. in the game. Uh, I, well, I don't, I don't know if it's petty or maybe in her mind there was something going on or somebody, something was said about me that she heard or overheard. Okay. I don't know. So no one ever really, I don't really know. Okay. And I would still see her at events and, or see her in the neighborhood in the West Village. And once I saw her and she saw me and she crossed the street. Uh, mm. And it was obvious because, you know, you know, Rue wears those suits, which are so yeah, bright. Beautiful and like, suits, yeah. And she like crossed the street. And I think at the time I was with my husband and he's like, that was weird. I was like, yeah. And so my friend uh, worked for the casting for RuPaul's Drag Race. Mm -hmm. And since season one, they've been like, we need you on the show. We need you on the show. And I've been, of course. I've been, and yeah. I'm telling them this story. I was like, I don't think Rue likes me very much. I don't right. know what it is. And he's like, just, 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 just do, just do a tape. So I didn't have to do the, I didn't do the full audition. I just did like a tape of me talking. Mm -hmm. And he's like, and then they called me. And I think so, you know, obviously it's a, it's, Dis, uh, disjointed like there's a casting firm that then looks at all the tapes and then they bring it into Rue and World of Wonder and mm -hmm. then they decide who the they want um, and so the casting people call me like oh my god that's hilarious that video was hilarious how long did it take you and I was like wait what video They're like the video you, you sent us I was like, you mean that video that I shot an hour and edited in my apartment by myself on my iPhone? <laughs> and they're like, wait, you did that yourself? I was like, yeah. Yeah. They're like, oh my God, it's hysterical. And they were like, you could hear everyone in the background just like screaming. Aww. And they're like, we love you. Oh my God, you're so funny. I was like, oh, thanks. And then <laughs> my friend, he, he said he brought it in to the uh, World of Wonder, I guess, Rue team. And he said he'd never seen her be get so quiet. And he's like, what about this? What about Shaquita? And he said she just turned into, uh, uh, what's that movie? Devil Wears Prada. Uh, and she was like, oh, no. 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 Next. Oh. And that was it. And so I've never wow. tried uh, again. And in fact, the casting people uh, emailed me. And they're like, are you going to audition again? And I was like, um, you know, I, I she's think it's asking pointless. to have that reaction again, though. But no, they're so the casting people have no idea about that. The beat, the, yeah. Or they don't know why. So they are obviously they liked it and they yeah. don't understand. what. So they're like, um, are you going to audition again? And I explained to them, I was like, um, I don't think Rue wants me in the show. So this is the thing. Everyone thinks that I'm angry at that or I'm pissed off at RuPaul. And the truth is, I'm actually not. 
I believe it's her show, her rules. Right. There's no reason to be mad at someone for not wanting to book you for their show. That's hubris. Mm-hmm. It's her show. I wish everybody could have that grace. Um, it's not grace. It's common sense. It's her uh, show. Why well, no she... one has it. But she should have the right to book and You're right. whoever she wants. And also, if she doesn't want you, like, why would you even want to be on that show? Like, yeah. I, I would never, I also wouldn't resubmit because it's like, you don't want me. Why am I yeah. begging I mean, at your obviously, toes? Obviously, it's a national platform and it's right. great for yeah. great for anyone's, you know, you see, you see these queens go from like having having like 2,000 followers yes. to 200,000 followers wow. the minute they're announced. And that's great. That only gets you more opportunities. The yeah. show can bring more opportunities. Yeah. But at the same time, if it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be. It's funny, I was watching the episode um, and actually my husband watches it more than I do because I always have to like do my makeup when the show is on. Mm-hmm. So I don't get to watch it in real time. Um, but uh, I remember hearing uh, Michelle Visage say to Mayhem Miller that, you know, the universe... Uh, uh, I don't remember how she says it, but basically, like, when it's supposed to happen, it will happen. Um, just don't force it. And, I, you know, as I said, everyone always thinks there's beef between me and RuPaul. And RuPaul, if you're listening to this, I don't know what happened or what you heard. Um, I, I have no idea what happened. There's yeah. literally nothing in my mind that could have happened. The last time Ru and I were in a room together, sitting together was in my apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't remember anything happening then other than she just ignored me the entire time right mm-hmm. um so maybe it's something on her or maybe it's something she heard you know rumors go around actually there's a huge rumor going around the city let me clarify <laughs> i am not on drag race season 11 okay okay everybody literally my boss is calling me and is like now i think it's a little shady that you're about to leave oh god and you're not telling me i was like telling you what it's like everyone's telling me that you're on drag race season 11 I was like, well, uh, everyone but me. Yeah. I was like, I don't know about it. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, no. I'm They're going to kidnap you. I know, spe- <laughs> Speculating doesn't do any good, but I, I, my immediate reaction, like, thought of that is, like, maybe, you know, like, um, I remember my when I was dating my boyfriend, he had a friend that was kind of similar to me, of like, the quirky, curly hair, like, funny chick. And, uh-huh. and, 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 I, and I, I don't know. I was, like, weird towards her because I'm like, well, there's already one of her, and we're similar, so mm-hmm. I don't want, you know, I, like, I would take Your competition, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah, but like that personality competition, maybe. Like, uh, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe we take up the same spot. I don't know. Well, no. I mean, you know, I, I, I jokingly always con- uh, call myself RuPaul. So when, <laughs> you know, when people are like, oh, my God, you look just like RuPaul. I'm like, yeah, on a budget. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. I don't have that kind of money. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I, I'm quite aware of course everyone always makes the comparison you know she's tall thin and black and has blonde hair i'm tall thin and black and have blonde hair but we're you know and i get that you know when i wear black hair people are like oh my god naomi campbell when i wear blonde mm-hmm. hair oh my god you know people want gonna... people need a reference yeah and um it's not a bad reference to be considered rupaul or not you know when people are like oh the next rupaul yeah i'm like uh, i'm not the next the RuPaul. You. i'm just Shaquita. Shaquita. Yeah. yeah you know so and i as i said i totally get it i'm not trying to deny that i that everyone sees it and i i mean i i see it too sometimes i see a picture of rupaul i was actually scrolling through instagram and i saw a picture i was like oh Oh, I was like, when did I take that picture? <laughs> I look great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's, yeah, to, to everyone that wants to start the drama and wants there to be <laughs> drama, uh, I am so happy for every single queen that gets on that show. I am 
I, the, what I hope is that they're able to use that platform and make something great of themselves because when every when any drag queen becomes great it makes it better for every drag queen so yeah. you know if you if you see a queen like Bianca Del Rio who is like blazing the trail of like how to do mm. it professionally like you get off the show and then you go directly on tour you you don't waste time you don't oh i'm gonna take six months to find myself no <laughs> yeah you get to work you should have found yourself before you got on that show because yeah. you should know it's so odd to me though that people don't understand that you're about to become uh, you're about to be a national television yeah and i mean i've had queens from that show after the show is finished rapping Two days before the premiere party or their name gets announced, they're like, can you do a mix for me? I have a show to do. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you, what? <laughs> no, girl, I would be like developing that mix for months yeah, before yeah, in advance. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's odd. And the thing is, that show does not really uh, promote performers. More, mm. it promotes looks. So mm. you know, there's a show in New York uh, called Look Queen, and I think I think RuPaul's Drag Queen is more a look queen show at this point. Um, obviously, because of music rights, you can't get all the music rights. Can you imagine if a, if a drag queen is like, oh. "I'm going to do my five minute mix of all these songs"? Yeah, Beyonce, Rihanna, yeah, whole exactly. Aguilera. Yes, yeah. Yeah. and that would ten be, million dollars later. Expensive. So <laughs> the way this show is structured, you, you could be a look queen and make it to the top. Uh, without actually being a performer. Wow. And it does happen. It does yeah. happen. I mean, I think, you know, and this is no shade. Everyone's going to think it's so shady. But I think someone like Violet Chachki has amazing looks and she won Drag Race and she's stunning. Um, but she's not a performer, like yeah. not a theater queen. I think you have to have some kind of theater background or, or an idea when you're done with the show. You need a gig. You need a, you need a gimmick. You need something to sell. And to have a look is great. But how else, how can you market that? And I think, you know, people like Miss Fame, who's used her makeup skills to go on and market that into the makeup world is great. Um, but while I think to each queen, any queen that's about to get on the show, um, just think ahead of what you, you can do after the show. How once you get on that platform, mm -hmm. you can use that platform as a springboard for the rest of your career. Yeah. Hell yes. That's amazing. Um, is there anything, um, I was, the, as, do you have a final question? Cause I had one in my My head. final question was just How that, large is my penis? You, well, we were oh, dying okay. to know oh, that. Okay. 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 But we were just, uh, well, I mean, we were, we were at the finale, uh, uh, for the season of Drag Wars and, uh, you know, the week before or the couple weeks before to get the, to the semifinals, uh, obviously like votes counted on mm -hmm. and getting people to the top and, mm -hmm. We got our friend Vicky Deville to the top, yes. but then the, the ultimate, you know, decision was left up to you. Mm -hmm. And we were we were worried about like uh, the chances that a bio queen had at winning the competition. And then there's some conflict, like is this fair, or whatever. So what were your thoughts, or and did that at all go into choosing? Because I I heard you like choosing your words, kind of like yes. to for people to be open minded. Because I'm sure there's chatter as there always is. Um, so <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed. Um, <clears throat> I have stopped using the term bio queen. Oh, okay. Uh, I just call them drag queens. Well, exactly. I, I mean, that's, yeah. it's like female comedian. It's annoying because uh, it's yes. just like we're just comedians. Why do you comedians. have to differentiate yes. me with so, the title? So, you know, in the beginning, I was... So I have an, another friend who's also a, a drag queen, um, a bio queen. As, mm -hmm. uh, and she asked me originally, she was like, can I do drag wars? And I said no to her. Okay. Not because she was a female doing drag. It was because she was my friend. 
Right, and that's and unfair. I wanted, I, I wanted the show to always seem fair. Yeah. And not to be like, oh, she's winning because she's Shaquita's friend and right. she's hanging out with Shaquita and she's hanging out at Shaquita's apartment. Um, and so when all these uh, bio queens for, uh, you know, so I, I'm just using this term, not, not that it's a term I use anymore. Um, when these bio queens started coming, um, yes, I use the term bio queen so people would understand that, oh, this is a woman yeah. doing drag. And I think, you know, you know uh, if you are going to want change, if you're going to um, want people to accept you, if you're going to want uh, progress- progression in the world, you have to be progressive. So when drag started, drag was sort of a fuck you to gender. It was a gender fuck thing. It was saying, oh, fuck you to this. I can do this. I can dress up in a woman's clothing. You know, drag comes from the word, you know, dressed resembling a girl. Um, oh. From the Shakespeare. Oh, you I didn't do, know you that. Know that? I didn't know that oh, either. Yeah, sorry. Drag, D-R-A-G, dressed resembling a girl. That's amazing. Um, but now I think just as just as marriage, the, the marriage has evolved, to not just be a man and a woman, it's now a man and a man or a girl and a girl. Um, you have to do the same for for drag. And drag should be, if you want to entertain, if you want to put on you know crazy makeup, and if you want to walk on stage and entertain in the guise of drag, it should not matter whether you have a penis or a vagina. What should matter is how you entertain. And if you can move me and provoke me and gag me, whether you have a vagina or penis, you deserve to win. So I think in this new world we live in where we want to accept all kinds of people, you want, you, you know, you, you want to accept black drag queens, white drag queens, drag, drag, you know, and it's so funny. I, I know there was controversy with uh, the whole with RuPaul not having transgendered people. Yeah. Um, and but I think it's kind of funny that she always says we're all born naked and the rest is drag. <laughs> That's a great so quote. It doesn't. When you're born naked, she didn't say we're all born naked with a penis. Mm-hmm. We're all born naked. So if you're born naked with a vagina or a dick or something in between, whatever you're born naked with, if you whatever you put on your body is drag, and drag can come in any guise. And, and for me, and for Drag Wars, the competition, which is a performance-based competition, if you're entertaining, if you're doing a great show. And you're making me gag, making me laugh, provoking me, making me make, you know, making the audience have a great time. Then you've done your job. So, you know, I, I once had a guy uh, curse me out because he was like, you always say that drag is whatever. And dra-. I was like, yes, but they're standards. Mm-hmm. You weren't entertaining. You oh. weren't trying. You were boring. It was a guy. He showed up in like a G string. Sorry, a, jo- a black jock strap. Oh, and that was it. Oh, wow. a black jockstrap. And I was like, where's the drag? Where's the drag? What yeah. what is the gagger? What is is something going to happen? Is, is there butterflies going to come out of your jockstrap or something? The reveal yeah. of and he just flopped around on stage like <laughs> to a 5-minute number and I cut it off. 5. After, oh, yeah, I, and I because I cut it off after like 4 minutes, I faded it out because we had like 17 queens. Oh yeah. And he went outside and cursed me out. He's like, "Who's that fat old drag queen? She can't get on drag race anyway. Fuck her, that nigger." Oh. And I was like, "Oh." oh. And then he he subsequently sent me a message and apologizes like I'm so sorry I didn't know who you were and I said it shouldn't matter, shouldn't right. matter. I, say, I was like what should speak to it anybody should, like exactly. that and when you come to someone's show you should know who the fuck show you're coming to yeah hell yes, yes. I mean that's con- the first congrats thing. on establishing an amazing yes. environment on your thank show you. that, that is you. both 
accepting and anything goes, but not coddling. And I loved at the end of The Last Drag Wars where you were saying, no one is going to be honest with you. And so the judges yes. of this competition, we're going to be honest with yes. you. Your makeup needs to be softer. Yes. You have a very masculine face. Soften it up. And I just love that that's such a great, rare so environment. True. No and, one, and, 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 and no one will. 99.9% of people, when you go out in drag, Everyone's going to be, oh, my God, you look so fierce. Can I take a picture? No one's going to be like, girl, you have a wonky eyelash. Right, and that's going to help you get better. Your, that's going to help you be- better. And, you know, like my grandmother was the one who said, my best friend is the one who told me that I had something in my teeth. Mm-hmm. When yeah. I was walking around the whole time and no one said it because no one wanted to embarrass me. Yeah. Yeah. My best friend was like, girl, pull me, a, pull, pull her aside and like, you have something in your teeth. <laughs> and that's, that's what a friend should do. And that's what I want to be to the next generation. I want to be that friend that I never had when I started drag. No one... We didn't have YouTube. I, I had to learn everything myself. Um, no one wanted to teach me because they, for some reason, people always thought that I was rich. Mm-hmm. People, because I worked my ass off to make sure that my costumes always looked good. They were clean. They were well, you know, well put together. So people were just like, oh, she, she, had, she had someone buy that for her or she had a sugar daddy or she's rich. And I'm just like... No, you put in the work. when you're out drinking and carrying on and drugging and partying, I am at home stitching and bitching and crying. So, <laughs> you know, I put in the work. So perfect. No, to end on. Uh, where can we find you on social media? And what do you real life? Oh, uh, my God. On social media, Shaquita Hall, mm-hmm. um, S-H-E-Q-U-I-D-A. Uh, and uh, on Facebook, Shaquita Hall. On Twitter, Shaquita Hall. <laughs> I do Thursday nights at Hardware Bar, mm-hmm. uh, which is my home bar. Uh, and then I, I host uh, an MC drag brunch and produce drag brunch every Sunday at the Highline Ballroom. Uh, and then, of course, I host uh, and produce Drag Wars, uh, Drag Wars TNG, The Next Generation, every Monday at Pieces. Um, and for any queen, uh, simply show up by 9.30 with your music. Uh, and give it to the DJ. The one thing I ask is show up with respect for the audience and respect for all the queens. If you are a cunt, (laughs) if you know you're a cunt, if you know you're a bitch, do not come to Drag Wars. You will be shown the door. So come with respect, come with humility, and come with uh, the fierceness. That's all we ask uh, of Drag Wars. Um, And then I start my uh, Friday night show on Fire Island. We do a preview we do, oh, this is, by the I've way, also a first. Go. This is also a first announcement. I, we start the preview May 25th. Yes. Uh, and it's called Muscle Queen. It's every Friday night at the Pavilion. So the preview is the 25th, and then we start after, is it Labor Day? Is Labor Day June? I think so. Or is that Memorial it's Day? It's Memorial Day. Memorial Day. Memorial Day. Labor Day is the end of summer. Okay, so Memorial Day, uh, the last weekend in June, we start the weekly run at the Pavilion, Muscle Ooh. Queen, every Friday night. Oh, but more, Memorial Day weekend's the last weekend in May. Oh, so it's just nothing. Well, no, it's not Memorial Day. So then we start. Okay, so we start Memorial Day the <laughs> but last Labor weekend. Labor Day's in August. So or then we September. start. So then we start. I think we. Usually. I think we start the run the last <laughs> Friday in June. Girl, okay. I'm a drag it'll queen, honey. Your, I'm a. It'll, it'll be, be on your yeah. social media. There's no special weekends in Ex- June. Okay. I, well, <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm gonna make my special weekend. It's sugar. your. It's your weekend. It's a yeah. weekend. So if you're on Fire Island, May 25th, come to uh, Muscle Queen Friday night before the underwear party. Awesome. Yes. Thank you so much to Thank you guys. Hall. It was an Ooh. honor to talk to you. Thank this you guys. has been Guys We Fucked, the anti slut shaming podcast. We'll talk to you next Friday. I could escape my own headspace. I used to wish that I could get through. I wanted to be more like you. But through the tears of crying.
see a different side And maybe you wish You could be more like me I'ma put it delicately There's nothing wrong with me And maybe you wish You had my sensitivity Tits? Are you armed with the measurements of millions of women? Well, third love is they scrapped the standard bra cup molds and developed their fucking own. With sizes ranging from double A through G, they guarantee a perfect fit. Plus, returns and exchanges are always free. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone, so right now they're offering our listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash GWF now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. Again, that's thirdlove.com slash GWF for 15% off today. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at betterhelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com.